I've heard you're quite the selfish lover. <laughs> Don't you stop hanging around the docks? <laughs> well, those are people that you pay for sex. I'm no, not going to no, get no. down. The sailors for... pay me. They go from port to port. And yet they still think you're a selfish lover. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs> um, Filthy beggars. About two, three weeks ago, yeah? I picked up my wife from like a wine Friday with our wives getting together and to go to a movie. And I was chatting with your wife while uh, they were settling up the bill and all of that kind of stuff. And your wife informs me that your son actually listens to the show what yeah your, your son apparently is listening to this show what haven't you specifically forbade him to do such i'm not involved a lot <laughs> in a lot of things listen man no my, my son's almost a teenager now so you know you can't control I, I leave, what he does i but. leave i leave him to his business yeah. and i i stay in my business and right it intercedes with video games uh you know superhero movies <laughs> and, and and that's in nerd stuff and that's about it but your son's like a young teen he's a young teen but he's a teen right but i mean he ain't that much young teen anymore either he's gonna he's he's gonna be high school teen here pretty quick yeah but we're rated 18 plus i mean well yeah but listen you can't control him why can't he watch deadpool man what the (laughs) fuck do you want from me uh, okay. And we're considerably, I get it, filthier than Deadpool. We're, we're at least more descriptive about yeah, it than yeah. Deadpool. <laughs> well, if he's listening, you know what? I warned him. I, I warned him about listening to this show. So if, yeah. if he is. Um, I, I wonder how far back he's gone. I know. <laughs> I, if he is, you know, that's his own damn problem. You know, now he's making his own decisions in life. So I guess what we're trying to say is if you are under 18 and you listen to this show, we do not accept any responsibility for the damage that you do to yourself. We mark this show as explicit. It's not for you. Exactly. So Matt's son, turn this off right now. Yeah, right now. Are you under 18 listening to this? Turn this off right now. Right now. Seriously. Stop it. Shut this shit off. This is not for you. You in the back there. You still have it on. Why do you have your hand up while we're doing this? We can't even fucking see you. What what are you doing with you? Stop it. Stop listening to this show. Stop it right now. It's not good for you. I will fail this entire class if you don't stop right now. Seriously, people, we are bad for you. We are bad. We're bad. We're just so bad for you. Why are you doing this to yourself? I will turn this car right around and we'll all go home. But seriously, listen to us because we need your love and affection. Yeah, please. I'm shouting into the void for nothing. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, sleazy, truly and pietistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world would be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hawks and Matt. Hello and welcome. 
Welcome to Cinema PsyOps. I'm so glad that you decided to keep listening, even though we have been proven to be bad for your mental health, physical health, and all sorts of health all around, including spiritual, if you believe in that sort of tripe. Speaking of a man who falls for that kind of tripe, sitting across the table from me is Matt. And you'll still listen to us. You understand? <laughs> even if it's bad for you, you listen. And unless you're Matt's son, and then stop fucking listening stop to us, dude. Listen. What are you doing, kid? This show is not for you. Mother lover, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> what, now you're going to censor us because you, I, well, you think that, your kid's listening? What I'm referring to him, I am. Every other fucker, no. Fuck that. <laughs> but with him, you know, yeah. I'll censor. Well, that, that makes Just sense. Just when I'm referring to him. Yeah? Yeah. We're getting into some real dark, dangerous territory. <laughs> we really are, man. Which is really fitting for the movie that we are talking about this week. You know, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be when I saw the title. Cry of a Prostitute? Well, mine says City of a Prostitute. Yours came up as City of a Prostitute? Yeah. That's not possible. Isn't it? It should be Cry of a Prostitute. No, it's Cry of a Prostitute. Why do I think it said City of a Prostitute? I don't know, but Cry of a Prostitute is the it's, American it's title anyway. It's a Cry anyway. of a Prostitute. Yeah, yeah, it's Cry. I read that as City. So this whole time I'm sitting here going, where are the City of Prostitutes? I'm watching this thing and I'm not seeing anywhere near... A city, city of prostitutes. prostitutes. Spoiler Son, alert. Stop listening to this right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Matt is really into the idea of a city's worth of prostitutes. Yes. <laughs> They're my people. <laughs> I pretty much whore myself out for this show. So, I mean. And you're not even getting paid. I know. So you're, I never you're not said so much I was a good whore. You're not just a whore. You're a slut. <laughs> I'm a dumb whore. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who knows you knows that. You never collect a yeah. dollar from a single job. No. <laughs> mm. Well, they're, they're all serving our country, I figure, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> this filthy sailors they go from Matt's port to port <laughs> they prefer your exhaust port but sometimes they're okay with your input port <laughs> my exhaust port man god damn it there's a Star Wars reference there and I'm not gonna make it <laughs> no no go ahead no 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 it's fine no, we're, we're gonna hold on the whole show till you do it <laughs> I'm not doing this come on make the exhaust port reference <laughs> who runs barter town trust in the force Luke <laughs> Is that what you scream just, as they enter? It's no bigger than a bullseye. It's no bigger than a whop rat. But I used to bullseye those in my T14 next back home. <laughs> All right. Well, that was completely not fucking worth that way. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, this was the first time for it's me no watching. bigger than two millimeters. <laughs> that I know for a fact is a lie. <laughs> I personally have stretched it out way beyond that. <laughs> is this whole show just us coming out of the closet? <laughs> well, preferably I like to come in the closet. Oh, <laughs> Do you have a cum closet? What, you don't? No. Oh, I forgot. You go behind the furnace in your house. That's right. Where you hide to masturbate like a troll. <laughs> Bent over in the darkness. <laughs> Usually crying. The funniest part about that is I picked the most absurd place yeah. where you could be masturbating. Uh-huh. And then when we had Suzanne guesting for Kingdom of the Spiders, she said that explains why she found a box of tissues back there yeah. in one of her old places. Uh-huh. Oh, that was hilarious. That was great. But we are actually talking about a movie that neither of us have seen. Now, I've heard several... Several movie shows do reviews on this. GGTMC, Outside the Cinema, Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts. A lot of people have talked about Cry of a Prostitute already. All right. But the reason that I decided to cover it is I got the Code Red Blu-ray, which is probably the most uncut version and is definitely the most cleaned up version you're ever going to see of this film. This was a very clean looking, like for what you could tell the time and date were, not really all that fucked up at all. But unbeknownst to me while I was trying to pull clips, my God, is it noisy as fuck and was it really a hard time trying to clean that up. Oh, yeah. There are some clips where I just gave up and ran a noise filter. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> and then other ones are 
just like kind of tolerable. See, you must have an ear for that now, like with getting clips, because I didn't think anything on there was too loud for me to, to watch. Oh, there's, I had headphones in. Oh, there's a whole bunch of static. You're going to hear yeah. it. Okay, when so the it must be like there. something to listen to, you could hear now because you've ran so many clips. Uh, yeah, and there was noise in the clips that I pulled for Haunted Palace as well. There was like the staticky noise in that, and it was bugging the shit out of me, but I, I just let it go because, you know, Captain Trips and Superflu. Yeah, right. By the Good way, times. The, the check came in. Now there's another multiple dimension that we've destroyed. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it bad? Um, well, the stand apparently is based on my work. Oh, nice. In this alternate universe? Yeah. All right. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, M-O-O-N, right? That spells court psyops a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Are you flag in this or is flag there because of you? Have I ever walked ever? Why would I be the walking know, dude? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to cut this shit off right now. This is fucking horrible. Let's get to the movie, huh? That's <laughs> what people came into here. We're going to take a little break here. We will play a promo for a podcast that would more than likely cover this kind of Italian crime film that we've done. And when we come back, we will have some music from the movie. Do you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist? Can you not stand the thought of having any any moment of your dull, pointless, waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world, and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies, then they must be destroyed on sight. Probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for They Must Be Destroyed On Sight on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. What you're thinking, Matt? I didn't hear this music in the film. Where, where, where's that yeah, from? Yeah, what is going on? This is from the English language credit sequence that they cut in. Oh, yeah. And what I did was I took the credit sequence music from the English language version, and now this is the Italian version that you would remember that yes. opens up the film. A little it bit. Sounds more like a really good dad. Like you're about to watch like Dynasty or like those '80s like uh, Dallas and shit like that. Not a film that's about the crying of a prostitute. Exactly. Yeah. Or what I thought at the time might be a city of prostitutes. Well, this would fit for a city of prostitutes, I think. It would. Yeah. You're just really upset that you didn't get to see a whole bunch of prostitutes. I'm upset that I got myself really stoked up for it. Yeah. <laughs> and by stoked, you mean aroused? And by aroused, I mean erect? Well, I'm that way like 95% of the day. There's nothing to be ashamed of there. Before we even finish the word prostitute, you're at half a stock. I'm sorry, I finished. You know what puts me at half a stock, Matt? What's that? This trailer. Give me some tissues. For a lousy 25 bucks, some men think they can do anything just to hear the cry of a prostitute. Passion explodes like never before. Cry of a prostitute. 
you'll hear it echo in your blood. Do you hear the cry of a prostitute echoing in your blood now, Matt? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I had to get that checked out, though. <laughs> a little penicillin, and it picks that right up. <laughs> Cleared it right up. Huh? Cleared that right up. All right, as we were trying to talking about earlier, the English language credit sequence that you may or may not see has that sort of suedo punk rock music going in the background, which is just the same chord over and over again with a little bit of effects. And we got red credits over a black background. Now, what we actually see in this version that's from the Code Red Blu-ray, and I'm not a shill for that company, it's just that this happens to be the one print that we watch, so I'm trying to designate the difference here. That has the Italian language credits, and they are over top of a, let's just say shoreside or seaside highway in what looks like a moderate toll way. And then it turns out that they're actually at a border crossing. Now, I didn't see what the other flag was where they were coming from, but from the Italian flag that's prominently featured where they're actually crossing the border, you can tell they're heading into Italy, which makes sense. It's a, an Italian film. You might as well yeah, just mean, shoot it in, you know. Italy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, that's where it takes place too. So, yeah. So we see a woman holding onto what is clearly a dummy of a child, but apparently the border guard is also a fucking dummy because he falls for it completely and just lets the car on through. This continues the Vista travel log of Italy, which was quite beautiful over the top of those credits. One of the things that I certainly enjoyed was the scenes of the cityscapes, the landscapes, the countryside, all the shots that were like those wide Vista shots and the travel logs. Yeah. Usually those annoy me, but mm-hmm. in Italy, for some reason, I love it. If, if you want to know, I could tell you the possible countries they were coming from going into Italy. It looked like it might have been a French flag. Yeah. Well, it could either be, it could either been France, Switzerland, West Germany, East Germany, or Austria, if Austria was around in 1971, or if they were just part of the block, I don't know. I think it might have been France. I think, yeah. I mean, that would make most sense because he was coming from America, and you're not exactly coming from the red side in 1971 to get into Italy if you're coming from America. The first person that was coming through, though, wasn't Tony Aniotti or whatever the fuck his yeah. name is. Henry Silva. He's Henry Silva. Henry Silva. <laughs> the facial <laughs> skin that no skull can contain. I mean, holy God. <laughs> I'm not going to talk too bad about Henry Silva because he's probably going to find us someday and beat us to death. Yeah, we'll all be dead. <laughs> you got to watch out for that guy. He's fucking terrifying. Uh-huh. All right. So they get flagged on through. We get that travelogue as they're moving further through the beautiful countryside of Italy. And the credits continue until the car actually exits off of this highway. And then its occupants get all shifty eyed at each other. So clearly the dummy is not just a dummy. There's something else going on with that kid. Yes, folks, I know it's supposed to be a dead boy, but it looks like a dummy. And we're going to call it a dummy for now. What a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Just like the border guard who let them. It's got all the drugs in there. Hey, 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 spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't know that yet. Okay. Dick. I mean, so they, I'm not Sherlock Holmes or anything, but. We're not there in the movie yet. They haven't even revealed that. I am sorry. We just see a kid that looks like a dummy who's supposed to be dead. Okay. All right. So they get sideswiped as they're looking around shifty eyed at each other. And the guy loses control of the car because apparently he has never fucking driven a car in his life. What the hell? He gets sideswiped, speeds up, bins out. What's this wheel thing in front of me doing? Plows right into a fucking bulldozer bucket and decapitates his fucking head. Hey, guys, the circle's being really weird that's in front of me. What am I supposed to do with it? It was pretty awesome to see the head come off and yeah. go into the bucket. That was cool. And I really that's dug That's a three-pointer, the- by the way. <laughs> into the bucket like that? Yeah, into the bucket like that. That's classic three-point down. I dug the 3M looks like paint blood that we have, the stage blood. It's the 70s, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of blood they had in the 70s. I could go on a whole entire diatribe about fake blood and, you know, the origins on the stuff that looks like paint. Yeah and why it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Long story short, it's either 3M or Kensington Gore, but either way, the base of it makes it look like paint because it was a different kind of red that was meant for 
stage blood, and the color timing of film made it that sort of huh. look. Interesting. Yeah, and the opaque stuff. I always felt like blood in the 70s looked, in, in film, always looked really weird comparatively from like any other time. Yeah, because they used a lot of stage blood and they didn't do it quite right. Now, a lot of other people that did the right kind of testing for their film stock to make sure their blood looked good, yeah. they actually would take the time to film the blood and make it look good. Like Dawn of the Dead had that paint type blood. 3M, that's, he literally used 3M blood. That's where oh, wow. I knew that it was 3M blood. Oh, there you go. And then Hammer Films used the Kensington Gore, which their recipe was that opaque look on film too. Okay. Yeah. But Herschel Gordon Lewis in the 60s got it right with Blood Feast and it looks super real. Never seen that. And very gross. Oh, you will. Okay. We got off on this whole subject because of the fake blood. But anyway, the accident was pretty awesome and the head coming off was pretty fucking cool. And for some reason, the accident ends up throwing the dead kid free from the car. And then the car completely fucking explodes into a ball of flame. So that was pretty fucking awesome. We're already off to a great start movie. Yeah. I mean, budget's probably gone, but hey, that was great. <laughs> and then they cut from this to our very first clip. The passport was forged. I want all the data we've checked with Interpol on a report completed in 24 hours at the maximum. Sir? Afternoon. I came here as fast as I could, sir. We're all ready. What's the story? You know, after we talked by telephone, I changed my views on the case completely. One of the three victims might have been murdered. From appearances, the boy was dead for two days. What they did to the body, I'll show you. It's atrocious. Proceed, Capuana. Heroin, I'm sure of it. Break this case no matter how you approach it. Let's see some exemplary law enforcing. This time, really enforce them. Even if it should involve persons who are very powerfully protected? I'll say. Now, we consigliori have a decision to make. No time to waste. This time, I'm not speaking for just myself. The case concerns all of us. I presume you all know about what happened near Bordeghera recently. Are you referring to the dead child? Eh, but not only that, who arranged it, too. The use of the child is something new here, especially for the mafia. We don't tolerate, let alone practice certain methods. Employing as a source of money, any small children abuses and dishonors our families. That is not my main point, Don Cachin. What is your point? What is it? And Carla Pietra is the source of this whole scandal. You're kept advised, aren't you? Of course, I'm kept advised. It's Don Ricuzzo Cati, the American Don. <laughs> Ever since they deported him from the States, we've had one crisis after another. Don Ricuzzo is not a man to offend. All the little American Don's recommendations. Huh. Because of that, the Cantimos and the Scanapiecos are massacring each other. And Don Ricuzzo profits and invents his own ways of transporting our material. And it won't be long until all of our work is shot to hell. As every time before this, let the controlling interests maintain order. You just said, Cole Pietra is your personal area. Therefore, I must consider it your responsibility, Don Cachemi. I'll go and bring things under control. I pay my respects. Our devotion, Don Cachemi. Okay, I don't know exactly how the dynamics actually work for mafioso. I'm not even going to try and pretend, particularly yeah. actually in Italy and Sicily. Yeah, I have no idea what they're, yeah. what's going on. This is what I can get so far. Putting drugs in kids when they're dead apparently is a bad thing. I think that crosses the line for a lot of organizations. Yeah, where I happen to think it's an ingenious way to get your drugs across the country. But you um, have the uh, problem of being a fucking monster. <laughs> what's wrong with, you know, loading up dead kids with drugs? If you don't kill the kids yourself, what's wrong with that? You are a fucking monster. I can't even explain what's wrong with that because you're fucking monster monster's mind 
can't wrap uh-huh. its fucking self around the explanation. Oh, it's because they're smaller. You should use adults because you can fit more drugs in them. Yes. Wait, oh. what? <laughs> Something tells me the show's affecting me in a way that I shouldn't like enjoy. It's a logistics thing that's a problem for you, but the kids are too small to smuggle enough drugs. Listen, if you can find a city full of prostitutes, you can just bag them up like they're fucking like hefty bags full of drugs. Mm. Well, anyway, I think the best use for a kid is for them to be dead and full of drugs. And you're a fucking monster. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Now, according to these guys, obviously, this goes against some type of code, and it's something that needs to be squashed. Yeah. Now, also, from what I understand, one of these particular Dons came from America, and he's come up with this particular mode of transporting the drugs to smuggle them. USA! USA! Lord knows we're not a shithole. If we want to be number one in something, it might as well be smuggling drugs and dead kids. And being a shithole. Right. You just want to keep saying shithole. I like saying shithole. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) But anyway, so this guy comes over, and he's been causing some problems. He is the one that apparently that has brought the whole idea of smuggling drugs in dead kids. So it wasn't a dummy, it was the corpse of a kid. Now, I think that the reason that the mafioso guys really have a problem with this doesn't have anything to do with their own sensibilities or having an issue with it. I think it's because the police obviously are going to take, you know, a little bit of umbrage with somebody cutting open a child to put drugs in them. Yeah. Even if they are already dead. I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, if I change up my my thought pattern and I think about something that I actually care about and like, let's say they're cutting up a dead animal and putting drugs in there. Cat and they're putting, they're cutting up dead cats and putting drugs in there. That's monstrous. That's just horrible. <laughs> now, take dead cat and put it in the place of the child. Well, the kids, it's okay. No, no, but this is what they're doing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah. this is how my outrage should be. Yes. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah. Exa- okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now I get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. You just have to get down to your level. Like if they, <laughs> if they did that to a puppy, that would just be no. Yeah. No. Nah, uh, yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And it's same goes for a kid. Puppy is so, in- no, what? but a puppy is so innocent. Oh my god. It's sweet. You fucking just all right. You have the why this is wrong. Now just go ahead and keep Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so just get back to this because right. I'm never gonna convince you how to be a moral person. <laughs> Let's just you're always gonna be a devil being. <laughs> Only in your eyes. Uh, and a few others. I, I like to think that I'm more of a pragmatist. <laughs> <laughs> Just get back to your monstrositous notes, you monstrosity. Monstrositous? Monstrositous. You're making up your own words. Pretty much. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so from what I could tell, they're consigliere guys, or they're they're the guys that uh, do the lawyer work or something along those lines, or the consulting Yes. for these different mafia dons, and they meet because the mafia dons are all kind of at each other's heads right now and trying to battle. And so the one guy is supposed to go and talk to the person that he is the counselor for or, you know, advisor or what have you and tell him, hey, knock it off. Stop ripping up the kids and putting drugs on them. Wait, let me chat. Right. Okay. Because yeah, it's, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. In their eyes, this is wrong. No, it, it, it just is wrong. <laughs> In <laughs> no one's eyes should this be right. Really? Really. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> just get back to the goddamn notes. So this whole entire situation has brought unwanted attention on the mafia in the way that they've been using child corpses to smuggle heroin. And so they want to make this stop. And then these bosses or these like head counselor guys want to get the situation cleaned up. And the one man has been tasked to take care of that. I couldn't really get a lot of the names, but I started nicknaming the guys myself. And I think it's Cosimi is the main guy that's yes. that's been put in charge of this. So and he yes, only... I am in charge of this. Yeah, that's how a lot of the voice <laughs> acting works. All right, let's go. All right, so then this particular Don Cosimi leaves, but we see that he is being pursued by what looks like a fucking Volkswagen Beetle, and it definitely is. He pulls up to some 
type of a house or something like that. And he is immediately kidnapped by about a group of three thugs, one guy to drive and then one guy to sit on each side of him. And then he is driven on a long, Europey ass motherfucking windy road that makes no sense the way it goes up that hill. Yeah. This must just be the way that whatever cows had walked listen, or, or listen, whatever. Just every every time I see a movie that's supposed to be like in Italy, all the all the roads are winding. There's not a straight road out there. I think it's just Europe. Europe in general, they make the roads as windy as possible. I don't, why? I don't know. <laughs> it could take forever to get where you're going. Well, some of our mountain roads are not all that unwindy either. No, but we try to at least we strive for the best to try to just, you know, you know, just destroy our way through the country maybe to make that's, one long road. Maybe that's what it is. They don't want to fucking destroy the countryside to yeah. make their roads. Well, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> USA! USA! They're number one at destroying stuff. Yeah! <laughs> Dude, we celebrate the birth of our country by blowing up a small piece of it every year. Yeah, that's the way you gotta do it. Mm. Alright, so they take him up into what looks like the hills overlooking a bay or a, an ocean view of some sort, and this particular remote area was quite lovely and romantic and quite a beautiful place to, I'm assuming, get murdered, which is about to happen to the old man. Yeah. The old man remarks that it is beautiful, as a matter of fact, himself, and that actually leads to our next clip. All right, what do you want? We've only been sent tonight to give advice and a little warning. Stop playing cat and mice. Why should it be called cat and mice? I warn you, this time better be careful. I know it's perfectly plain to you. I'm sorry, Don Kashemi, you'll understand if we make you walk back. But the car will take, hmm? And leave you here. No, you're mistaken. Because this time, boy, I'm afraid it's the other way around. Good work, Tony. My compliments. Professional. A l'americano. Eh? The education you had over there was more than worth the effort. But sometimes, though, the way they instruct you in America, they miss the, um, the words to evaluate in the way we think. Please, with us instead, they're most significant. For example, what I shall tell you now is secret. No one has been told, clear? They're back in Sicily now. The Sicilians are ancient, eh? Much more ancient than Brooklyners. Their countries may be different, but their problems are the same. You remind me of Don Ricuzzo Candimo. And for that reason, maybe, you're the best person to handle this. But it's common that in all the families God has created, there are some apples that, that may spoil. And one apple, if it's rotten, can contaminate all the fresh ones, too. But all that you have to do is get rid of the rotten apples. I would prefer not to. Mm. It would make complications. The rotten apples that you want thrown away are the Cantimos and the Scanapiecos. You shouldn't say I want thrown away. I undertake these unpleasant matters because I cannot permit friction, disobedience, or anarchy. I want this brutal trafficking in small children definitely rooted out. It will be. Oh, you're not to forget the form here. You're not to forget the form here. You know what the rules are. Yes, I do. By the way, those three tonight, I recognize those fellows. Everyone was a paid hand in the family of Don Ricuzzo Cantimo. Pity I can't be present here. But when I do come back, I trust I'll see the situation entirely normal again. Eh? Best of luck to you, Tony. Eh? Best of luck to you, Don. Eh, Tony, that whistle, what's that funny tune? It's a, it's a song. A vibration in the air. 
I kiss your hand, Uncashemi. Okay, so Don Kasemi actually commented on that during the clip about how what's going on with Tony's right, whistle. Right there in that what's he though, I made me laugh because he sounded like John Lovitz is the liar from SNL. He's like, it's uh it's a song. Yeah. A vibration in the air. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. Yeah. But essentially Don Kasemi is questioning him about this particular whistle. Tony has this thing that he likes to do, it's like yeah. a prelude to his kill where he yeah, whistles a particular tune. Before he starts the murdering, he likes to, you know, have a couple show tunes at the go. Well, yeah, he likes to whistle a little something, something to get him in the mood to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has a little bit of a feeling of Once Upon a Time in the West with uh, Charles Bronson's character who does this weird thing with the harmonica before yeah. he gets to seek revenge. Tony's little whistle is like a prelude for killing, and it's just some type of music that he likes to whistle. We don't know why that is just yet. And so Don Cassimi's going to head to the hills and go hide out while he sends Tony out to do all of this killing. And when you look at Silva's face and you see his skull trying to bust through the skin, you understand why he's being sent to kill. He already has that death head look to him. Yeah. You look at Silva and you just go, no. That's death walking on two legs. Yeah, you're just like, no, that's evil. Yeah, no, I'm not fucking with you, man. The evil. Yeah, I'm done <laughs> fucking with you. I'm out of here. And he really carries himself quite well in this film to look like the evil bastard that he's supposed to be playing. Okay, so Tony was somehow waiting for those three men. We heard that in the clip as well. And he signifies this with that particular whistle that we were talking about before killing them. We heard that in the clip too. And they cut away from this at the end of this clip to a ride in the countryside, which is just fucking beautiful. Once again, <laughs> love these travel logs in this. Yeah. Don't know how many rewatches that's going to hold up for me or if I'm going to be like, okay, time to fast forward to the next kill. Yeah, right. But the at first least watch, you get a little nice, yeah. like, nice scenery. Yeah. The first watch, the travel logs, I actually really enjoyed. And a lot of these type of movies that are shot, you know, in, in a different country from ours that you, you maybe appreciate their scenery a bit more because it's, you know, you've seen our scenery. We live here, but you know. Well, after the little bit of a travel log, we then see some clustered villas up on the hill or just various uh, bits of uh, buildings that have been built into the mountainside, which was pretty impressive. And then Tony drives up to, I have it labeled as a plateau parking spot. You could walk up on stairs or there was like this little area that you could pull up with your car and that's right before it leads into this alley that he walks into. Yeah. He just pulls off to the side there and then he has a really long walk yeah. up all these different alleyways, which clearly would not have fit his car. No. <laughs> That's life. Yeah. That's life in Italy. Apparently. So he goes wandering into this like alleyway as people literally get out of his way and go out of their way to get away from him. I would too. As soon as they see him, they're like, no, you look like Henry Silva. We're out. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's skull's really trying to bust through his skin. That guy looks like he wins a steering contest with the Reaper. It's like he never blinks. What's going on with that face? Oh my God. All right. So he climbs a staircase and then continues to a place called Locanda. It's L-O-C-A. A-N-D-A. And I thought it said pizzeria, but I'm thinking it was saying something about a bar or something like that, because it looks like a <laughs> saloon when he gets in there. Yeah. But I swear the sign said pizzeria. Pizzerias can be bars too. Fair enough, I guess. All right. So he then wanders inside to this particular place and then starts asking for a room to rent. So apparently it's like a saloon slash tavern type place where you actually can get a room on top of the building or whatever. And he is given number five, which is apparently right next to the lift or the elevator. And he checks his room. Then he makes sure that the door actually locks properly and then he looks out of his view or perhaps if you look the way he's kind of checking things out he's actually looking for a potential escape route over the roof there 
always got to have, got to keep your head on a swivel if you're going to be Henry Silva. <laughs> yeah, apparently. All right, so we get a ridiculously sustained scare cord once he looks out through the window as he then meanders away from the window to look to the next window from there. They cut from this to a couple of guys on a horse-drawn cart filled with what looks like cherries talking about how they aren't scared of some group that might be some type of a crime family that might be related to them or that these people could be there to get killed or would be trying to kill them at any minute. And then the guy stops playing the mouth harp because he says he's not scared, but then he wants to talk about how scared he's not. Yeah. And anyone who sits there talking about how they're not scared is obviously scared. I'm I'm totally not scared. I'm not even a little bit scared. I'm not even like that little bit of nervous right before you're scared. I'm definitely not sweating down to my butt crack. That's for sure. I'm totally not scared. Totally brave here. Totally brave. Not scared. And they are killed at the absolute next turn in that windy ass Europe road. So right now they're in the afterlife and the guys in the, I was totally wasn't scared of dying. You know that? I totally wasn't. That's why I could have stopped that guy a half a second before he even shot me, but I wasn't scared of dying. So you can tell I'm not scared. So I guess it was crime family related. What's going on here? We don't really know, but nobody just gets shot on a road for a fucking bail load of cherries for no reason. And then immediately after those guys get killed and they start checking out the cherry cart, we hear Tony's haunting whistle once again as he waxes the two would-be assassins and then heads off driving the cherry cart. No, I'm not kidding. The guy hops on a cherry cart in a suit and starts driving it off. And it's not really driving as much as it's riding because it's led by a, a, a horse. Yeah, but you a still donkey? have to control the, the. I guess. Yeah, but are you driving an animal? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what I do in my spare well, time. God Almighty, that smile is really unsettling. <laughs> it's interspecies erotic, I fuck all. <laughs> All right, you done? Yeah, okay. You good now? Sorry, that was just right (laughs) right. time. Right time to hit me with that one. He drives the cart to somebody's house or something like that and then asks for the owner of the place once he arrives with the cart of cherries. And then he calls out for the Don that is the owner of this particular house. So they are told by that Don to let him in. So they do. And that leads to our next clip. Antonio Anyan. Well, you've been away quite a while. You're right. It's been a long time. Why are you here? Well, I brought you back some fruit, some very classy stuff. After my own two men would have picked it up. But they got lost, and I had to bring it back to you. Alfio, you and Carlo unload the cart. Did you have a reason? You must have had a motive. Because I'm a Sicilian. I was born in this country, and I hate and I despise those phony American Sicilians. And besides, I've got nothing against making a little bit of, uh, a little money. So it's business. Reimburse your expenses. In my manner, unless I'm much mistaken, you and I, uh, I'll do a salute. Dino? 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 Where are you? My daughter Santa, another trouble I owe that cunt, Timo. I'm afraid she'll be unbalanced and never recover for the rest of her life. Like her son there was injured when he murdered her husband. Ever since he's been as dear to me as my own sons. Someday, that bastard cunt, will pay for it all. But it cost all I've got in my life. I'll crucify him. But come here again, Agnanti. You'd be good to have in my team. You intend to stay for long in Pietra? I'm going to stay for a while. Found a room? I have a room in town. Thank you for the wine. I'll be seeing you. Come here, Tina. Damn fools! Filthy, brainless, olive pickers! That's all you are! Peasants! 
Pig chasers. Why, you can't even be trusted to take a cartload of cherries to the marketplace. Car cherries. Even the horse just disappeared. Vanished in air. And no one knows a thing. No one even saw a thing. What the hell do I pay you for? Can't one of you find out? Huh? My guess anyway is it's one of the Scanapiecos who pulled this job. That makes no sense. The two murdered men were both Don Tories. You figure they were suicides? Don Ricuzzo. I don't know whether it's important or not. But in Pietro, they've seen Antonio Aniante. You remember him, the one who emigrated to America. Tony Aniante. I'm telling you, the minute he's like, stupid, idiot, olive pickers. I'm like, Dad? <laughs> you <laughs> felt like your dad was yelling at you? Yeah. I'm like, damn, dude, just settle it out. Okay, so it's Don Scanapiaco, and he is fighting with Don Contiani. Yeah, listen, man. I can't pronounce Italian uh, worth uh, of listen, shit, so. I can't pronounce most American names worth of shit. I'm yeah. not trying now. I'm just happy I didn't have to do the notes this time. Yeah. Okay, so it or was... else you'd have been getting Don Udabarada. Well, that's offensive. <laughs> yeah, right? I named them Don Mustache and Don Beardo for a lot of my notes. Because <laughs> I was We're... like, fuck it. I'm not going to learn their names. I'll we figure are... it out later. Yo, know, for as much as we try to improve ourselves, we are really bad people in typical Americans. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So, of course, the cherry cart actually was, you know, smuggling heroin. So that's what the cherry cart was being used for, which seems more violent and offensive than just stuffing a kid full of heroin and then he's dead. Yeah, yeah, right? That's... Oh my God, come on, man! <laughs> I thought you said not as offensive. Because <laughs> what if somebody eats that, you know, heroin-infused cherries? What? Not, nobody's gonna eat a heroin-infused child. I mean, you're not wrong, but you're still an asshole. You kind of hope no one would eat a fucking heroin-infused child. <laughs> this movie got way darker. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal dies after eating heroin-infused children. <laughs> Who do you feel bad for here? <laughs> the drug dealer who's out all that money for the heroin. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we're just yeah. gonna go with mustache and beardo because i i can't yeah, say the mustache and beardo and when you watch the movie you can tell the difference one's got a mustache one's a full beard so don beardo's men were the ones originally on that cart yes and they were trying to bring the heroin via cherry cart to him so that he can make the money off of that the other don don mustache is trying to take that away from him tony interrupts it but doesn't stop any of the killing because they all have to go yeah that's part of his mission everyone's gotta die and then he uses the fact that he has the cart with the heroin in it to ingratiate himself in Don fucking Beardo's world. All right. So if we have the dartboard correct with all the string attached to every line here. It all comes back to Pepe Silva. You see yes. that? It's all yep. Pepe it's Silva's It's all back mail. there. It's all Pepe Silva's It's a mail. handy board you got there. Yeah. <laughs> Replace Pepe with Henry Silva. <laughs> it's all Henry Silva, man. It's all, it's Henry, all Henry Silva. Silva. It's all about Henry Silva. Yeah. All right. So that's what's going on there with that cherry cart that they're smuggling now. And it just seems like everyone is just trying to hire Tony because Tony is this unbelievable badass and Tony is completely playing each side against the other. So instead of going through and doing all the work killing everybody, he's tricking everybody into trusting him yes. and having them kill each other still. Why not? It's the best a, way to do it. Yeah, it's a lot easier and it's a lot cooler. Yeah. Plus he gets to stand around and look, you know, fucking brutal. And he just gets to whistle a tune, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the end of the clip actually has guys talking smack at Tony, calling him a bunch of homophobic slurs that I ended up... Cutting? Yeah. Yeah, good job. Yeah, and what you end up seeing is Tony's back at a bar, and then there's a bunch of guys talking a bunch of homophobic slurs at him, and then they end up dumping wine onto his pants and his shoes, and then he tells them to clean his shoes. And when they don't, he then says, listen, motherfucker, clean my fucking shoes. And then it's complete clobbering time. The fist fights in this are actually really fucking decent. Yes, they are. Particularly for the era. I really like the fist fight where you actually see Tony like handling a bunch of different guys, and it's been 
clear that he's been fighting for a while. Yeah. He starts kicking the hell out of these motherfuckers until one of the guys actually starts trying to use a hobo knife on him, and then Tony stops fucking around. He grabs a folding chair and starts trying to go all WWE on the guy. By God, that man had a family. <laughs> but he ends up actually bashing a guy who tries to sneak up on him with another bottle to clobber him with, and then eventually he slips into what I have in my notes going toe-to-toe with some guy with the knife with third doctor-style judo chops. Judo chop! He uses a third doctor-style yeah. judo chop to disarm the guy. Yeah, right? And then he does it. He, he's really good. He's like the king of knocking people down with a bitch slap, if you notice that. Yeah, well, dude. His pimp hand is strong. It's a it's, it's Silva, man. What the fuck is it? <laughs> don't act like you know who the fuck Henry Silva is. Dude, I have to admit, if he's listening right now, if you don't just assume <laughs> he has a strong pimp hand, he'll slap you with it to prove it. I love that you have no idea who Henry Silva is, but you know to be afraid of Henry Uh, Silva. Well, if you see that fucking face. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. okay. You win. Yeah. Fair enough. Motherfucker, how do you have that fucking face and still be able to whistle? I have no fucking idea, but he did it. (laughs) You know, he may still hurt you just by talking about his face like that. I know, right? How old is he now? I don't even know if he's still alive, to be honest. Oh, well, then we don't have to worry about it. I haven't checked. I don't want to know if Henry Silva's dead or alive. You know what? He'll I don't always either. live on in my heart. Right? It's mystical. It's like you don't want to know Santa's not real. <laughs> don't want to know if Silva's alive or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's whimsical. He's always out there. You never know. Don't talk about his face. He might be behind that bush. <laughs> He's like fucking Candyman. You say his name three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make fun of his face five times, and then he comes in and hear the whistling. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so he disarms the guy, and then he bitch slaps him to the ground and pretty much knocks the guy out. Then one of the guys goes to shoot him in the back, but is then told to stop by another crime boss of some sort, who invites Tony for a drink, and that leads to our next clip. A pleasure. Good for you. In America, they taught you plenty. Started out a two-bit crook. Now you do okay. I was never a two-bit crook. You fixed him. You fought him fair and square. You earned their respect. Respect, huh? What I don't understand is the, uh, fancy welcome. Sorry I underrated you, but I hadn't been introduced to you. And if you'd been one of my visitors, you'd have called and produced references as soon as you got here. But especially in view of certain mysterious goings-on. What's mysterious? Well, let's say a shipment. A load of fruit got away. Red cherries. You know I'm terribly fond of cherries. Well, you're not the only one. I know. People often find they're hard to digest. I'd like you to call. I'll welcome you. I will be seeing you. Here in Sicily, as you know very well, we respect those to whom respect is due. And don't forget this either. Live and let live. It's a very good rule. It's the same in America, I would say. It is? Maybe more so, Don Mariano. Everything's much better in America. I'm amazed to see you return here. Why? Because I have something to do. But could I ask what it is? No. Talk to me openly. I'm a priest and sworn to secrecy. It's a personal matter. Uh, That's what all the mafia say. And that's what's wrong with Sicily. The personal crime is all right, as long as revenge is had. Murder's as common as playing cards. You people are blind. The best revenge is to pardon. Father, now listen. You invited me here to play bocce, not to give me a sermon. Perish the thought, and I hope nothing I said applies to you. It's your turn. Thank you. Tony Adian, Don Ricuzzo Cantimo, asks you to honor his house. I've come to take it. Okay, so after this, he gets taken to Don Recusio Contimo's house, which is what I have in my notes as Don Mustache. Don Mustache, of yeah. course. So 
John Mustache actually, I think, sent his men to try and rough up Tony and see what he had going on. Yeah. Because Tony took the cherries to the other place. Yeah. And now he's like, well, looks like you can fuck up my men real easy, so maybe uh, I want to try and hire you too. Let us be friends. Yeah. You clearly can handle yourself, so let's just be friends instead. You've earned my respect. So Tony's taken to Don Mustache's house, and his house is actually in an extremely rural area. It looks like it may be a farm out in the middle of nowhere, where he catches a glimpse of the very lovely Barbara Boucher. Hello. Who is in a fluffy white nightgown and robe in a very filthy barn for some reason that we don't quite understand just yet. Not for you to understand, Court. It's Barbara Boucher. She can apparently do whatever the fuck she wants. There you go. She's standing there in the barn doing her level best to do model poses the minute she sees Henry Silva because that's what everybody immediately does. You either sexually submit to Henry Silva or you get beaten to death by him. Yeah, that sounds about right. And sometimes you get both. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Ooh. <laughs> do we have to? Yes. She's doing model poses. She's doing seductive maneuvers. She's basically doing everything to look as sexy as possible. And then she starts spreading what I'm assuming is fresh milk on her shoulder and then her neck and then really starts rubbing it into her breast, but mostly just keeps rubbing it on her breast, really just staring at fucking Henry Silva's character, Tony, for a really long time while doing this. Just rubbing milk on... It's just really weird, right? This is really weird. Are you trying to make me aroused? This isn't working, lady. What are you doing, man? Put the milk away. What if the guy's lactose intolerant you just screwed it all up you're really turning him off you're just making him think about all the fucking gas and pain he's gonna have later on what if the guy has an aversion to babies and you're making him think about how boobs are used for milk for babies and you're just making him get sick like what happened to me what babies are a huge turnoff Uh uh-huh but wait with somebody who's rubbing milk on their boobs no while watching this i got extremely turned off because i thought about babies and got roast out really yeah the least sexual thing in the face that's how easily you think about babies yes that is weird man And then I thought, well, maybe if I could stuff heroin into a baby. (laughs) Then you got turned on again, didn't you? Kind of. I didn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, you I didn't did. Feel good about it? Yes, you did. Maybe a little. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I knew it was bad. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I have no soul. Yeah. Uh, finally. <laughs> All right. So she is rubbing the milk on her breast for a very long time, trying to, I guess, seduce Tony or turn him on. I know at this point. I don't at know. At this why point, I'm was... kind of. I start laughing because I'm like, I was laughing at it too. This is really long to be rubbing milk on yourself. What the fuck are you doing? Enough with What's the next rubbing milk on your cheese. What are you? do it when it starts getting really like to the point where you're like okay enough of rubbing your breast with fucking fresh milk big fucking deal she then starts flashing some thigh and then starts rubbing the milk on her thigh and just when you're like okay i've had enough of this lady knock it off she moves on up to what looks like her crotch and then looks like she's masturbating in front of him using the milk as lubricant uh, am i wrong is that not no what it looked that's like? how it looked but i'm like what now she's doing this directly in front of tony but more importantly she's doing this less than like six inches from the face of the poor girl holding the fucking bowl of milk for her. That's when when I noticed that, I'm like, dude, you're rubbing one out right in front of this girl's face. That's like not that polite. She doesn't no. want to be there for that. No, she, I mean, that's making someone, you know, choose something there that they didn't <laughs> want to choose. <laughs> it's bad enough that she has to hover right at your crotch area. I know. You, it really looks like that girl with the bowl of milk didn't want to be there at all. I need the milk girl. No, 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 no. Not the erotic milk girl. The regular milk girl. I'm just having breakfast this morning. I want her to not enjoy this while she watches it happen. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's really what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote it in my notes a couple times. I'm like, this is not sexy. This is just fucking weird. Yeah. Not sexy. Just fucking weird. <laughs> Fuck this. 
No thank you movie. And I wrote in my notes, but it sure looks like Tony is fucking into this for some reason. Because he's fucked up, man. Yeah. Well, Tony then has a whiskey and a chat with this particular boss, which I have labeled as Don Mustache. And because I'm lazy and it's expository dialogue, that is our next clip. I must hand it to you. I see you're cooler than I figured. That job with the cherries is beautifully managed. Only this one thing I can't understand about it. Why ever did you shoot those two men at Turi's Scanapieco? but promptly take the carload of cherries to Don Turi. I have great respect for Don Turi, and I want his friendship. But of course, who'd ever thought you'd prove to be so clever? My uh, abilities and my position here, you don't appreciate, do you? Why do you think I accepted your invitation to talk with you openly and freely? Hmm? Well, it shows at least what great intelligence there is in your part, Tony. Ciao, <laughs> <laughs> <Ciao>, Rico. <laughs> Uh, this is my wife, Margie. I married Hi. an American girl. What have you been up to, drinking again? What else am I supposed to do in this cheesy country? Behave like a lady. Now go in the house. Yeah, she's really a fine girl. Her only fault is she drinks too much. Margie can't blame her. She had a rough time of it as a kid. Well, let's talk about our stolen cherries. As I told you, I'm very fond of red cherries. And it's normal that I'd like to see the property recovered. And I'll pay all expenses. A dog with a bone is a cinch compared to Don Turi. But you, you could take it away from him very easily. What you're suggesting is too damn difficult. I don't know. It's human nature. Each of us has some weak point. Apparently, Don Turi is devoted to his grandson, Pino. Or Zeno, the brat's name. And to save many sort of sacrifice, it'd be okay. You want too much. And besides, I don't want to be found out. I need only your brain to mastermind this. My men are at your disposal. How many do you want? Two. But where do I come in? You come in on the negotiation level. Okay, so the lady's name is Margie, and apparently she has a drinking problem and is hot for Silva. But let's face it, who isn't? Because you pretty much have to be or you're in trouble. Yeah, he'll find you. and He'll make you hot for him. <laughs> We see a cut to a sleeping Margie whose breasts are uncovered and fondled. She demands to be let alone to just sleep, which has her husband getting all aggressive where he flips her over and starts talking down on her for being what I assume is our titular character, the prostitute that's about to cry. Probably. And he's talking shit about how she's a prostitute and starts getting weird and asking a bunch of creepy ass fucking questions about her previous clients and how they treated her and it starts turning him on so he wants to start behaving like that so like his whole thing for getting off is being married to a prostitute and treating her like a prostitute constantly and treating her horrible and talking down to her and getting rapey with her some weird ass shit going on which as this is happening when you know she's talking about the old clients and stuff she talks about how some of them would get aggressive while working it out and getting it going they would get really rough and want to play rough and then that ends up making the Don get all aggressive and ask what they do that she liked that was aggressive and he's like like this and then as he starts getting really rough sex with her we see some tears flowing down her face and we're thinking is this the cry of the prostitute that we're supposed to be seeing uh, at this point i was still waiting for the city but yes it is the cry of the prostitute and then it looks like she turns over to where she's like a masochist and she likes to be belittled and treated like shit and she gets off on it because then she seems to start enjoying well, it she might be somewhat damaged i'm thinking the movie's just really fucking misogynistic as shit well that could be too and that all women are supposed to be like it this is the early to the 70s movie. it wasn't the best time it made me really uncomfortable but thankfully the movie just cuts away from this shit before I really have to deal with it and how I'm feeling about watching it. The movie tried to pull a Men in Black neuralizer move on you. 
it cuts away to this really romantic scene where we see young Paulo frolicking and we hear the woman yelling his name Paulo in the background and he's frolicking around in a field with a very beautiful young woman and they start kissing and you know they're playing around in the glare of the sun you kind of see them in silhouette and stuff and it's quite lovely and romantic and this is how you know love is supposed to be apparently not what we just saw earlier <laughs> no. which was brutal and awful yeah I mean like I know that much yeah I mean that just look at you you're almost a grown up boy now you're almost a real boy I, like a lot of romance I don't want to beat a woman no <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my thing that's that's a weird like instance to put in I like a lot of romance I don't, I don't like to beat a woman. Those but, aren't really that close that they should be together in a sentence. But the movie's trying to convince me that they are, is what uh, I feel like. Well, yeah, and it is. It's wrong. It's fucking misogynistic as shit. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, like, even if she likes rough play, like, there's no safe word. No, I mean, you gotta, you know, that has to be established. Yeah. I would like for the movie to establish that they had a safe word and this is all just how they get down. And that's fine. Not that he rapes his wife and she gets off on it. Yeah. I don't like that. that. Don't like that either. That's not a good message. No, not at all. A good message is like, this is the kind of shit I'm into. Let me live my life. And, uh, you know, we're all happy over here. And then you can be like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm not into that. But hey, look, you two found each other. You seem to be happy about that. And when your eyes all bruised up from him beating the shit out of you, make sure you put a cold steak on it. Yeah, come on. Because, you know, (laughs) you're at work. Let's just. (laughs) And learn to cover up those bruises. Apparently, I guess. I don't know. Use a phone book, man. What are you doing? (laughs) Beat your wife with a phone book if you love her. Is clip. that what you're saying? <laughs> it is. It's totally a clip. Fuck. <laughs> All right, so they cut from that to the young Zeno. We know him from earlier as he was introduced and he's running around. You can tell by the way that his legs kind of fold in a little bit because of some injury that happened when his father was killed. And he's playing in a big fucking puddle of some sort. And like, I, it sounds like he might be hunting for frogs because he keeps diving in head first a little What'd bit. What you do for fun? He's basically throwing himself into this puddle and we don't know why, but it looks like he might be trying to catch frogs frogs or something. I don't know. Someone just walks up to grab him and then he tries to run off but as again because his legs are injured he's not very good at that. He can't move very quickly. So we cut from that to Paulo making a go of it with that beautiful young woman as she seems to be into it. She's actually kind of, you know, aroused and and happy and they're making out and this seems like a healthy sexual encounter like you should be seeing in a film. Yes. But they cut away from that to the kid trying to run from his would-be kidnappers once again and he can't get away again because of his injuries. And just before the kidnapper can haul him away, we hear Tony's whistle in the background. Now, the kid tries to run up a hill and he can't climb very well. Oh, you fucked up. Yeah, so Tony's whistle goes off and then he kills one of the guys immediately with a shot from nowhere. We have no idea where it's coming from. You don't have to know. As the other takes Zeno hostage, Tony is behind him on top of this giant fucking boulder and then he jumps down, knocking the kid free from this particular would-be kidnapper with the shotgun and then ends up wrestling with the guy with the shotgun and then wrestling with the kidnapper a little bit more before going for a bunch of fucking kicks and then he picks him up after kicking him a bunch when he's on the ground so he then box him about the face and ears it's somewhat like an irish style of fighting he kicking should, him while he's down then picking him up and punching him a few times he should have kicked him while he was down and then when he was down he should have climbed on top of him and beat his face into a pulp yeah but anyway he then gets him up against the boulder and then smashes his fucking skull open against the boulder which was pretty fucking cool which causes you know little Zeno to try and run away in fear because you know I guess probably the first
first time he's ever seen somebody get their head smashed open on a rock, which at his age, he probably should have seen that a couple of times by now. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, your grandfather is a yeah. mafioso. And so. your legs got caved in because you watched your father die. Like, <laughs> yeah, you were you were. You injured think you would have seen this kind killed. of shit. But he runs off and then uh, Tony ends up running over the corpses that he just killed with a fucking steamroller. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck him. Tony talks to the very hysterical mother and promises to kill the man who sent the two men to kidnap their child. So essentially what he just did here was he set up Don Mustache to try this kidnapping, killed Don Mustache's men to ingratiate himself with Don Beardo once again and Don Beardo's family so he's even closer, but at the same time making Don Mustache think that he's hiding in the background and just gave him the plan so that he's actually on his side. Yes. Still playing both sides against the middle, that's obvious, that's Mm -hmm. clear. Come on, man, smart play. Some of his methodology is a little bit kind of, let's just say questionable, but you know, it's a movie script, not an actual reality thing. Yeah, let's let's just watch it now. He's not exactly the master shadow puppet. He's getting way too involved and too close to these people. Because, <laughs> you know, mafiosos are legendary for their trusting natures. Of course, man. <laughs> a handshake and you're in. Particularly for a man who just came from another country that happens to be famous, you know, over there and not here. Yeah. But whatever. Hey, come on. He then ends up telling the original Don, Don Beardo, that he brought the cherries to that the Don, he just double-crossed, which is Don Mustache, won't like the fact that his men were just killed, even though he was the man that just killed his men, and then flattened like a pancake, even though, once again, he did that, that's him, but he's like, hey, they're going to be looking for revenge, so you better watch out, and now let me have this heroin that I brought to you so I can bring it to him and make him think that everything's good. <laughs> they I give want him some heroin. They give him a shitload of fucking drugs that's worth yeah. a shitload of fucking money Yeah, on his word. Yeah. I mean, mafiosos are very Listen, trusting and kind you people. you see that man's head? Give him whatever he asked for. <laughs> it's like extremely disarming. <laughs> yeah. You look at Henry Silva's face, you're still trying to figure it out. So you, you, get, just, you get hypnotized by it. You give him they're whatever not, he those, wants. Those so mafiosos, they're not trusty. They're just, <laughs> you will give me the heroin. I want to go, I'm going to give you that heroin. Just leave before your skull busts through the skin. Listen, man, I can't tell, but it's like we're in 3D over here and that forehead's coming right at me. They cut from this to Tony at a dinner table with the other Don, Don Mustache, and his prostitute wife. And she is very suggestively, let's say, eating a banana, but she's mostly just sucking on a banana as if it's a fucking penis. Yeah. She's pretending to give fellatio to a banana. Yes. Staring directly at Tony. Oh, she's eye-fucking him something fierce. Right in front of her husband. Oh my God, this guy's oblivious as shit. He's not oblivious. He likes it. Yeah, yeah. We know that for a fact now because he wants her to talk about all of her previous Johns. He likes the fact that she's a fucking loose woman. Let's just put it that way. And that she likes men. All right, so a loose woman, that sounds insulting. How about... um, She enjoys expressing her sexual freedom. She is a prostitute or was at one time. I'm trying to help out by being a little bit more understanding and inclusive. Can you maybe get together with this or, you know, we're going to get fucking sued or protested (laughs) against you. Look, I'm not judging her for her choices on sexuality. I'm judging her for performing fellatio on a banana. Well, I mean, and taking, what else do you want her to perform it on? And taking a fucking milk bath like she was. Hey, that was weird, but I mean, this, her idea of what is sexy is what good, offends me. That she, You know what? Uh, early 70s, maybe she's looking for the vitamin D to help her out, like her skin. Well, she's looking for vitamin D, all right. <laughs> she's looking for it to help her skin. <laughs> 
looking for some of that calcium. <laughs> Something. Jesus Christ. A little protein. But yeah, this woman is just right at the fucking table, just all over that banana. Like she's going to get money out of it if she, she sucks all, any harder. She was all over that banana like it just flashed her two grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I could say that because she was a prostitute. That's the only reason I'm saying that. <laughs> so the entire time this is happening, they're talking about how they have been fighting for a while. These two Dons, both Don Beardo and Don Mustache. Don Mustache has pretty much had it and he just wants to obliterate the other family. And Don Mustache is going to have Tony spend the night because it's been raining and let's face it, you can't leave. Which at this point, I start feeling really greasy and I'm thinking that Don Mustache is obviously knowing that his wife is coming on to Tony and wants him to stay so that he can later hear about what's going to happen. Which gets the wife or all listen hot. to it live himself. That too. To use the parlance of our times, he likes being all cucked. <laughs> it actually fits in this case. Yeah, it does. He likes to hear about other guys that his wife has slept with Ugh. previous to him yeah. and during their relationship. I guess. He's into this, apparently. Hey, man, whatever floats your boat. And the wife gets all excited about this because she finally gets to act on her urges with the fucking banana demonstration that she's doing. Yeah, banana for scale. Sure, I'm sure yeah. the banana's for scale. <laughs> and she's lusting all over Tony, and Tony's watching it and looking kind of uncomfortable about the whole thing, but doesn't really seem to care. I mean, the rest of us are, too. I mean, <laughs> we'd all be sitting on the other side of the table, sitting next to him going, dude, he's like, holy eye fucking you while sucking on that banana. Weird, right? I mean, it's dinner table. Can we all just dinner, man? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, can you at least wait till your fucking husband's out of the room before you try and enact a really bad porno? Can you wait till I'm done with the main course before you do this, all right? I'm trying to eat. This is a lovely pasta dish, and you're fucking sucking off a banana. Can you stop it? <laughs> man, if I had a quarter for every time you told me that. <laughs> You don't have a shitload of quarters. <laughs> Tony totally protests about this, but the Don insists that he stay as the rainstorm would cause an accident. Tony once again says no, but then the Don just says, no, you got to stay. And then the Don drags Margie to bed, basically saying, put the banana down. You've had enough of that. <laughs> And it's at this point that I noticed that Tony... Put the down. You're making a fool of yourself. And it's, it's at this point that I noticed that Tony just seems perpetually pissed off at all times about everything. Yes. He's just constantly angry. Uh-huh. He is just like this ball of rage. But you rage. probably have to be to, you know, be the kind of guy who's going to go around killing everybody. He has to shave that face. No wonder he's pissed I off. Know, right? <laughs> Listen, his daily routine starts, like, he has to get up at three in the morning just to start his day at eight. <laughs> You're no kidding. He starts to brood and is even brooding in his sleep. And then he wakes up brooding. This man falls asleep brooding. <laughs> wakes up brooding. Wakes up brooding. He broods about the fact that he was brooding while he was asleep. He's just this seething ball of rage. You know what? I bet he's scared of lightning. This is the whole problem. He didn't have a thunder buddy. He wakes up brooding and upset to find that he is completely out of water, which obviously pisses him off because everything upsets Tony. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. Fucking need to hydrate. Fucking angry about the fact that I'm out of fucking water. I'm in this fucking country that's fucking sweltering. I'm sweating constantly. My fucking face keeps trying to fucking bust my skull out I, of it. I was trying to enjoy some goddamn steak and this woman couldn't stop sucking off a fucking banana at the fucking dinner table. Which I kind of fucking enjoyed, but at the same fucking time, her husband was right fucking there and it was really disturbing. And Fuck. I'm trying to eat fucking steak. 
Where did the banana even fucking come from? So he heads on down to the kitchen, sands an entire shirt. Well, yeah, why put on a shirt to go get water? He grabs some libation from the fridge, what looks like a bottle of water, and then he hears a sigh or a breathing noise from the corner. You can tell it was fancy water, too, because it was in a green bottle, a glass bottle. It is apparently Margie who is coming on to him even more while smoking a cigarette and there in her fancy little robe that's all furry at the edges and shit. That's a very nice house coat, ma'am. She's telling him that she apparently has drugged her husband and that he will be out cold and that if Tony doesn't stay in the kitchen and fuck her, she will scream and claim that he tried to rape her and she will do this to frame him. Tony asks if her husband would believe her. She says, no, he wouldn't, but he would have to try awfully hard because she is his wife after all. This starts to feel really, really weird and bizarre. And Things starts- are getting strange around here, man. It continues to ratchet up its discomfort comfort. This prompts Tony to then close the door, who's apparently going to, let's just say, succumb to her feminine wiles, I suppose. That's how I wrote it in my notes before I knew what was going to happen. He asks her what she wants and then gets a bit of a tongue lashing in our next clip. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I grabbed it as a clip. You did? Yep, here we go. Yay. Shit, I've heard everything. What do I want? You mean you don't know? But I don't like easy lays. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Then let's cut right through the bullshit. We both know what you are. A whore. That's more than obvious, isn't it? I was a hooker when Rico got me in the Bronx. It was three bucks a pop, two bucks a hand job in a car. You think that stops me from being a woman, huh? Maybe not, but for me, you don't exist. Listen, Tony Agnanti, stop the crap. We're all whores in this world. The only difference is, is you don't sell your body, you sell your soul. And when it comes to nastiness, I don't know which one of us would win the Oscar. <laughs> All right, if that's what you want, but my way. Now, turn around. What do you mean? I said turn around. Okay, yeah, so I edited it, but that yeah. then leads to Tony's way is basically consists of forcing her to turn around as we heard him yell, then bending her over, and then ripping off her nightgown, then shoving her face deep inside of a pig carcass that's hanging from a meat hook and split open in the middle. There are easier ways to find a good set of St. Louis ribs, man. Then he starts thrusting away with her face jammed into the fucking pig like a maniac rapist asshole before- yeah, You know, people might need to eat that pig. Can he like, you know, everyone rude in this movie. That's what I found. Everyone's rude. That's what you're offended about? That's, Not I, the horrendous rape-like sex that he's performing on her? The fact that he's defiling a pig carcass? I mean, that's bad too, but at the same time, it's rude, alright? It's rude. Everyone's rude in this movie. This is how they tenderize the meat where Tony is from, apparently. Well, fucking, In more ways than one. They're weird, man. It's weird and rude. He then starts biting her on the shoulder and then biting her on the neck, and then he starts basically biting her, kissing around her face, which is covered in pig blood, and we know that this is totally not kosher sex. No, I'm not giving you that. It's not kosher. (laughs) I mean, it's not, and you're right. She then screams, which may be the cry of the prostitute, where she calls him a pig. Yes. You pig, you dirty pig, over and over again at him. But then before we cut away, it actually... Looks like she's getting off on this degradation. Yuck movie. She, she's totally, it's totally fucked up. And she's, she's messed up. I mean, I get that there are people out there that like to be, you know, degraded and treated like crap and slapped around and that's how they get off. I get that. But like into a fucking pig carcass. And couldn't you say though, she's kind of fucked up because she's pretty much telling him that he has to have sex with her or else she will accuse him of rape. Nobody's a good person in this film. No, there's not one good person in this fucking film. Maybe the kid with the gimp leg. You want to rephrase that? 
that. <laughs> Maybe the kid with the messed up leg. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm leaving them both in. All right. I mean, I don't really fucking care. Apparently not. I don't. Are they cut from this, thankfully, to a block of wood being sawed by a bandsaw in two? I don't know if that was supposed to be symbolic of what Tony was doing to the woman or the pig being uh, sawed in twain. Uh, uh, I don't really want to fucking think about it. It's you, just, over, you overthought of the symbolism and now we all suffer for it. Well, there you go. Okay. Try not to picture things being sawn in twain again. All right. Well, now everything's being sawn in twain. Well, there you go. There are some people arguing for some reason that we don't really understand uh, that everybody's stressed out. And then they cut from this to the Don Beardo's daughter laying in bed and she's apparently a very sick woman mentally speaking like she's at her wits end and something's not right and she is the mother of Zeno she keeps saying Zeno's name over and over again and it was kind of hard to tell exactly what was going on there or why she was supposed to be in this tatters other than Zeno was nearly kidnapped and maybe she's still upset with that and then we see that someone is stalking the grounds and then we see Tony chatting with one of Don Mustache's men and that leads to our next clip Paolo, huh? Where's Don Ricuzzo? I don't know. Where's everybody else gone? I'm only the youngest Cantimo. You share their secrets, and I don't like it. Try asking Don Turi. Maybe he can tell you. Son of a bitch. Turns out that Paulo guy from earlier that was getting all romantic with the lady is yeah. actually kind of a Romeo and Juliet situation here. Yes, they're both from the opposite sides of the, the, right. the war line there. And you know what makes it even harder is not knowing the different Don's first names when they refer to them by their first names in yes. parts of the film. And you're like, oh, why aren't you calling him Don Mustache and Don Beard like That's, I do? Because in my notes, I have them refer to whatever their names were in the clips in various parts that I was at uh-huh. to try and reference them. But yeah. like that made it more confusing as to who was who. All right. So after this, this prompts a gun down massacre at the Don Beardo's house. Yeah. The violence and bloodshed in this is off the motherfucking chain. Hell yeah. There's some really great headshots and shit like that that was pretty far ahead of its time, man. I really dug the violence that was in this. I actually watched it twice. I backed, it up. <laughs> I backed it up and then watched it all again when it happened. You know, all yeah. the shootouts. And then there's this ending bit where Tony ends up stopping the crazy ass lady that's the mom of Zeno and the daughter of the Don Beardo. She's stalling somebody's motherfucking skull in Twain. Nice. With the bandsaw. God damn. That effect was amazing. That's a h- hardcore. That woman was pissed about something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wronged her. <laughs> yeah, but that was really fucking cool. That Once that happened, I'm like, I gotta watch this all again. Yeah. I, I may have watched it all a third time. Oh, know. God. I waited a long time for this violence. Did you hit a baker's dozen? No, I didn't go anywhere near uh, a baker's yeah. dozen. All right, so then Don Beardo ends up accusing Tony of what we already know that is true, that he is in fact trying to play both sides and that he's setting them both up. And then we also know that it's true that he set up the kid for the kidnapping and then used Zeno as a way to get ingratiated further into Don Beardo's men. And then it somehow is attempting to play both sides against each other. And then Tony basically states that whoever is the one that's accusing of this should do it to his face. So then this big ass bodybuilder motherfucker steps up and Tony calls the man a son of a bitch and says, 
he has 10 seconds to apologize to everyone here. Now, it turns out that this is Don Beardo's son, and Don Beardo has another son who was just killed during this massacre that happened. So, obviously, some tempers are flaring up. Yeah. The guy then grabs a fucking pitchfork, because that is one of the best weapons you want to fight with, apparently. Oh, well. And then there's a fucking showdown. Now, I've started referring to this guy as the beefcake, so <laughs> it makes it easier. He's a big fucking dude. He is a big dude. All right, so the beefcake slap shots Tony when he tries to do a stab and it doesn't work, and then he hits him in the gut with the fucking pitchfork and then ends up knocking him down. And then he goes for this lunging stab motion at Tony's head, and then they focus on Tony holding him off in this, like, stab downward towards his head with the fucking pitchfork for a while. They really kind of stay on this for a good minute or so. Yeah. And then finally, the guy tries to lean on it in some way to puncture Tony's head, and then Tony ends up, for some reason, using leverage somehow, and he ends up flipping the guy off of him and sending him flying quite a bit. He goes pretty far away for just a quick kick away, or I don't even know how he used the guy's fucking momentum to do that, because he didn't flip him over the other direction. Yeah, I don't know. It was back away from him, but... That might have been... Uh, improperly done. Whatever. I'm just gonna let it go. Doesn't matter. Watch the fucking lady get raped into a pig carcass. Nothing else is gonna make sense in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I don't fucking hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the guy ends up doing a spear toss of the rake at Tony, and then Tony comes at him and does a judo chop, and then starts kicking him before they end up with this straight-on slugfest where they're pretty evenly matched back and forth. Tony finally gets the upper hand, and then points the pitchfork for a death strike right right at the guy's throat and chest, then fakes out a stabbing where he drops it off to the side by the guy's arm and then says, I don't want you to have two sons killed in one day. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Which is the ultimate way for him to say, look, I still want in on fucking up your life, I guess. Yeah. Then he starts strolling away to sulk a little bit. Then he says something about he knows about the biggest heroin shipment that Don Mustache has going on or something like that, and that he wants to basically set it up to where Don Beardo and his men can then attack Don Mustache and his men get revenge on this and also collect all of that heroin and make a bunch of money but as he's stalking and kind of storming off like a pissed off little kid he tells them all they can just go to hell completely setting them up yep pretty much <laughs> I mean like come on guys yeah. you're supposed to be mafioso you can't read through this you can't tell what he's doing yeah, by now I mean it's like guys just fucking kill Tony and you'll be fine yeah everything will be fine <laughs> I mean granted but it's the hypnotic motion of the head it's that fucking face man they just they can't stop staring at it and they just fall it, for it you can't say no to that face. He's like the human bobblehead, Mr. Silva. Listen. <laughs> 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 All right. So after Tony tells them about this, they basically stop him to kind of ask him some more questions because they immediately fall for everything. Yeah. Get this whole bobblehead <laughs> hypnotism. Tony then gives his word, which is automatically worth a whole shitload in this world, but then states that it is the last thing that he will do for Don Beardo after this. So he's like, you have my word. This is the absolute last favor I will do for you, setting you up to kill my enemies. I'm doing you a lot of favors here. They cut from this to a record playing as Maggie is pacing back and forth around the room, angry and topless and drinking and then kicking things. She seems kind of pissed off about the pig carcass fucking fest that was going on or yeah. maybe she's frustrated because it's the first sex she's had the way she's wanted it in a while and I have no fucking clue what's going on here. Is she? What is she angry about? I mean, I don't know. Than, I mean, is she angry at Tony or is she upset that she can't get more? What the fuck? She's upset because the pig carcasses were taken out of the <laughs> butcher room and they already went out. There's no more pig carcasses to climb into too. She's really mad. She didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it is a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Thank, Thank you, you, David. Thanks, Dave. And her husband is just downstairs drinking with Tony. They're just both relaxing and having some drinks kicking back. 
shooting the shit. Talking about how they are going to be really good friends. The music causes Tony to have some kind of a weird flashback to another time in another place that's in black and white. He sees a woman drinking and nude walking around in a room as well, which would ordinarily be very easy to enjoy because, hey man, it's a woman walking around naked and drinking and she does have a lovely body. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is superimposed over top of Henry Silva slash Tony's T-Zone. Ooh. That made it kind of hard to enjoy. Yeah. So thank you, movie, for the nudity and fuck you, movie, for putting it over <laughs> fucking Henry Silva's T-Zone. Because <laughs> no. My sexual arousal and Henry Silva's T-Zone are mutually exclusive. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, I don't know how that works for Matt. No, I was fine. <laughs> like, I don't mind Henry Silva's eyes staring at me while I'm doing this. <laughs> Look at me! That's <laughs> what it felt like. It was just wrong. <laughs> Next thing you know, a fucking pig carcass just appears in front of your face. <laughs> You're like, all right, I guess I'll climb inside. <laughs> well, that's your way. I guess that's your way. That's your way. I don't know, man. She ends up smashing a bottle, the woman that's doing the drinking, and then Tony comes back to reality only briefly as we then see a montage that is then once again superimposed with a man with a woman. It looks like they're having sex or something like that. And then we see something about a kickball that happens at a barred gate. And I don't know what the sign says, if it's like an orphanage or what the hell it's supposed to be. It's an Italian. I don't fucking read Italian. I don't know. And so I just assumed that maybe... Do we have any Italian listeners? I, whatever that gate said, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm completely fucking lost at this moment what this superimposition is supposed to be, even though we figure it out later. Yeah, but at this point, you're just kind of like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask you now, knowing what you know now, does this feel like this was shoehorned in for some extra pathos? Yes. Like, does it really feel like it needs to be there for Tony's character? It doesn't need to be. It doesn't move his motivations in any way. No. I think it's just there to be there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I really feel like it could be excised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't think you need it. And I don't even think you need the whistle thing. Uh, I like the whistling. Yeah, but you don't really need it. Yeah, I guess. I think the reason they did it is because it was in fucking Once Upon a Time in the West, and so they included it in this I film. get you don't need it, but I liked it, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree. It has an old Italian Western kind of feel to it that they put that in there. Yeah. And you like the calling card for your hitman, so. Yeah. But it doesn't need a backstory explanation as to why. No, probably not. I, you can just have the whistle. It doesn't need a backstory. That's, that's true. Yeah. You don't even need to see the backstory because it's enough at the end whenever he does the talking. Yeah. But anyway, they cut from this to our next clip. Why? Why is our friend Tony missing? A siesta? I guess so. He should. He was tired, poor fellow. I'd be willing to bet he's had a fast fling with his hostess. Sure. When? The other night. That's what I thought. Was he pretty good? Hmm? Well, I thought so. Oh, God, what a whore you are. I know. Why not tell me? You know it turns me on. You got time for that right now? Yeah, you're right. Because I got to keep a business date. When I get back home, you tell me all about it, won't you? Going far? Where I go doesn't concern you. Is Tony going with you? No. I still don't feel I can trust him. Keep an eye on him. Don't you want us to wake Tony on the ante up? No. Oh, Jesus. You've got to be some kind of a nut. I just couldn't wait anymore. You bitch. You wanted to catch us together. I had to see you. Nobody's here. Where'd they go? I don't know. They took both cars. Hey, where are you going? Listen, I've got things to do, so get the hell out of my way. Tony, you got things to do with me. Get the hell out of my way! Paolo, Paolo. Get away from me. Paolo, please. 
You must help me. Not you, I won't. Paolo, you must help Carmela. Understand? Why should you care about her? Look, I want you to tell her to take this note to Don Turi. It's urgent. You're setting up another massacre? Now, you better listen to me. You haven't seen anything yet. Just deliver that note. No, go to hell. Paolo, I know that you're in love with Carmela. Look, I know that you love her, and you want to live with her in peace. Am I right? Yes, but nothing can help us now. Deliver this note, then you and she wait for me at Colpietra at the rooming house. I'll give you five million lira. Then you can get away from here and live in peace forever. Now, isn't that what you always wanted? Isn't that what you always wanted all of your life? Don't lie to me now. I give you my word. I'll go. I'll see you later. I'm going to tell him you're double-crossing him. So this commences with a savage beating delivered to Margie from Tony, using first his open hand slap of doom and then taking off his belt, Ooh. which he then slaps the living shit out of Maggie with that his is, belt. It's uncomfortable. She tries to crawl away and she's begging for mercy as Tony continues to beat her even worse. She then at some point clutches at his leg and begs him to stop beating her. He kicks her away and then grabs the belt, holding it so that he can hit her with the fucking buckle, oh. which he then does across the face and head quite a bit. This whole savage beating apparently gets him worked up into full-on rape mode after beating her, which he then commences to do. She's calling him a pig. She's crying and she's screaming. Is this the cry of the prostitute that we were hearing about? Ooh. Then she's calling him a pig once again, but then by the end of it, the movie's convincing us that this is how she likes to be treated. So like, fuck off, movie. I've had enough of this. I don't want to see this anymore. I'm tired, man. I'm taking out. I've had enough of this. So the movie then cuts from this, thankfully, to our Romeo and Juliet stuff as Camilla starts begging Paulo to leave with her. She sums up everything that we need to know about this movie in our next clip. Let's do it, Paolo. We have every right to do it. Who gave us any choice as to how we were born? They never asked us first if we wanted to be born here. In the midst of this hatred and cruelty, let's go. But even if we both remained here, it wouldn't solve anything. There'll be other bad, stupid bad. Forever and ever, it's hope. Admit it, we can't stop our families from feuding. But escaping together, we can set an example. An example will let them know when we get married. Paolo, it's our only chance. Yeah, you're right. Alfio! Papa, you stay here. Leave this to us. I can still fight, all right. Don't you try and stop me. After this, we see men hauled up seaside and watching out for the incoming drug shipment via cigarette boat or something along those lines, I'm guessing. Something like that. Yeah, they're on the sea. They're staring out towards the sea. They're in various caves and stuff. We also see the what I'm assuming is the other Don's men that are hanging out on top of the cliffs and watching out or something along those lines. And this has got to be that latest massacre that Tony was trying to help that up for Don Beardo to attack Don Mustache during his shipment. And just as the shipment is getting unloaded, we then see that Don Beardo and his men are the people that are on the cliff. And we then see some shootouts. There's a lot of stuff where guys are tumbling down off of rock faces. Yeah. Falling off of boulders. Ah! And sliding down the cliffs into the ocean, all sorts of pretty neat stunts and stuff like that as they are dying. Not going to disparage that in any way, shape, or form. When the action goes off in this film, it goes off. Yeah. And for a 70s film, I mean, it's on par with like a Dirty Harry kind of action. It is. And it gets really brutal and even more violent than those kind of movies. It's fun. Which is what you want in an Italian crime film. Yes. You want brutality, you want violence, you don't want rape in a pig carcass. Yes, that's right. You're going to get it. You're going to get rape in the pig carcass. But you don't want it. Much like the person getting raped in the pig carcass, you don't want it, they don't want it. The drugs end up getting exploded at some point during the shootout, and then just about everyone on both sides is dead. There's more men on Don Mustache's side that are still alive, even though they were the guys on the lower ground and the guys on the higher ground all got killed. I don't know how the fuck that works. I know, right? Yeah. I have the high ground! I knew you were going to make that fucking Star Wars reference. 
<laughs> Don't try it. That's at least one of the better parts of the prequels. I won't give you that. <laughs> so they then have this shootout right on the beach. The Don Beardo ends up with a shotgun versus Don Mustache's machine gun, which is a really stupid move. They have it out, and Don Mustache loads up a whole bunch of bullets into Don Beardo, who doesn't hit Don Mustache with the shotgun at all. Hey, man, some people are good shots. Some people aren't. The husband of Margie, Don Mustache, returns, demanding that she open the door to what I'm assuming is their bedroom, which she is locked within. She barely makes it to the door. She can barely fucking walk. She gets up and just starts limping on over. She opens the door and reveals that she is a bloodied and bruised mess from Tony's relentless assault, which is the cover of the movie, for those of you that have seen the poster, her beaten face. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking vile, and yet they still had makeup on the parts that weren't bruised. Yeah, of course. Kind of the wrong message to send. Yeah, it's a fucked up thing. Yeah. Not really into this at all movie, thanks though. No. He demands to know who beat her, which you think he would actually be getting off on it, not be upset about it. But he didn't get to do it, so that's probably why he's not at all happy. Yeah, but her describing it should still turn him on in the way that they like to play. Maybe not for him. I don't know, but then she says it was Tony, and so the last man in that Don Mustache's crew is then sent after Tony to kill him. Then the other Don, Don Beardo, ends up making it back to his home and collapses in front of Zeno. We assume that he dies as they cut to some of Don Mustache's men. Apparently they got some more together. They show up where Tony's crap hole apartment as they refer to it. Yeah. Or as our president would call it, a shithole apartment is. I don't want anybody. They show up and Tony is there with Paulo and Camille at the bar right below where his apartment or room that he's renting is at. He gives them the promised money that he said he would, which is the first promise we actually see Tony keep with anybody. Jesus. But the assassins are already there, so Tony sends Paulo out the window to get away, but I'm pretty sure he just set him up because he looks out and sees the assassins there, and the one guy's ready to toss a knife. Yeah. So he sends Paulo out there to die. A smart plan. I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Yeah, it's a good plan. Tony then climbs up to the roof as the Don Mustache's men arrive into his room to be called murderers by Camille. Tony then jumps across a rooftop alley, and it looks to me like Silva actually did that. Yeah. Wasn't that far of a jump, but I guarantee you I wouldn't have made it. No, me neither. I was impressed by that stunt. Me too. I was like, holy fuck. Well done. And if that wasn't Silva, that sure looked like his face. Uh, well, I think it, it must have been him and the aerodynamics helped carry him of his head. He threw his head forward and yeah, like Thor's just, hammer just, just carried the rest yeah, of him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Silva. Please I'm don't sorry. kill us. How he does that that we made fun of his head. Too many. Too many, god damn it. Yeah. We're to hear that whistle any minute now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's just going to rise up from all the snow we have. After jumping across the alleyway to the other roof, he then climbs down and looks for an escape. As the would-be assassins start searching at the street level and the back alleys and everything for him. Then we see Tony playing cat and mouse for an alley chase. And this entire sequence really feels like the film is just fucking padded. Yeah. You feel every moment of this mm. chase. I think if I watch this in the future, I will probably fast forward this foot chase. It doesn't need to be there. No. And it adds five, six minutes that you don't really need. It's not even, it's not suspenseful at all. No. Most foot chases are not though, particularly in any kind of Euro no, crime cool films. cool car chase. 
that's one thing. Yeah, but even those are padding sometimes. You get bored with those after a while, too. Yeah. But anyway, he is eventually caught and then knocked out after he gets hit in the gut, and then they knock him out by clobbering him across the back of the head. They cut from this to Don Beardo's daughter walking slowly towards her fallen father, who is apparently still alive and breathing. She picks him up and cradles his body. They cut from this to Tony getting beaten with guns, fist kicks, De Niro stomps, and rifle bashes to the head. They are beating the ever-loving shit out of his face and chest. Oh, yeah. The henchman says, the boss is waiting. Get rid of him. So they beat the ever-loving shit out of him, pretty much trying to beat him to death. Then they drag him off as a young Zeno watches them tossing him down a quarry base where Zeno was saved by him from earlier. Camille ends up snagging Don Beardo's gun and then gives it to Zeno, telling him he is the last man that the family has and it is his turn to fight. Okay. <laughs> Tony is crawling towards some water, which I believe is that puddle in the quarry that we saw Zeno playing in earlier. And it looks like he is either drinking it or trying to wash off the busted up face and jaw that he has. And they do a really good job of having him shift his jaw and make it look like it's fucked up from here on out in the movie. You think when they're all punching him in the face, they all would have broken their hands on that fucking melon. And the butts of their rifles. Yeah. Crack. Bent their guns and stuff. Holy shit, this is an AK-47. It just busted right now. Yeah. But then we see Zeno shows up as he is washing off his face or trying to drink. We're not sure what, which is going on. And we have a superimposed shooting and some twitchy leg flashbacks from Tony. He's once again seeing something that happens. So whatever's going on with a woman walking around naked and breaking a bottle and being upset, she also is apparently shot after having sex with a man or something. Yeah. Zeno then kneels by Tony and gives him the gun and then Zeno darts off in the best way he possibly can with his injured legs. Tony pulls himself together and they cut from this to a record playing at its very end on an endless loop. We see a drug vial on the floor and a dead Marty or Maggie I think. Is she dead? <laughs> a little dead. Maybe, maybe she's not breathing as much. It looks like she might have overdosed on some pills there. Mm, maybe some pills. Don Mustache walks up to this and then here's a shot in the distance. One of his men is dead at the gate, so he goes out to see what's up, and Tony is there in a very old western style shot where he's just yeah. standing there at the gates. They advance on him for a shootout, once again, very old school western style, very fucking cool, and then Tony moves forward towards them. Yes. And that leads to our next clip. How is it that I'm honored, Tony Anianti? It's a visit of courtesy. To say goodbye to us forever? Oh, are you leaving? We're not. Neither am I. It's very strange you haven't left yet to join Margie. Where? In Hellfire. Margie's burning there. She killed herself. I'm sorry. Yeah, like me. But after all, I felt she might have deserved it. You think there's a god, Tony Anianti? Sometimes. Then you have a second to cross yourself. Okay, this is the question that I submit to you right before we move on from the uh -huh. clip. Do you think that Don killed his wife after Tony beat her so incessantly? Or right. do you think she committed suicide because she'd she had enough of all I, of this? I think she committed suicide with pills. Do you think she committed suicide because she found a love in Tony that she couldn't give up because she liked the way he mistreated her? No, I think it's just she finally got hit rock bottom. The beating was finally too much that happened so. with her? Yeah. And that the fact that she was in love with the guy? Yeah. Because that's what they make it seem 
like that she was because she yells at him before he beats her at the fountain that I, if he leaves you know, without her I don't her, even know if she's so much in love with him or if it's the fact that she like, feels like she'll never find love or she can't control him yeah or she can't control anything the whole point of this is Don doesn't care that his wife is dead Don Mustache doesn't give a fuck no his wife is dead she was not a good person anyway because she was going to fucking threaten Tony with rape if she didn't get sex yeah and then she got maybe the, it's to kill herself from the fact that no one loves her I, no one actually cares I maybe she just killed herself because it's the easiest way to get her out of the film yeah well that too <laughs> <laughs> that's whatever alright so at the end of the clip Tony crosses himself and then when he does the final move for the cross he throws his arm out and that signifies this large group of men to show up around all of the walls of Don Mustache's house and shoot all of the men dead which was really fucking awesome that was nice everybody's dead except for Don Mustache and then Tony walks a little bit forward towards him takes the revolver that was given to him by Xenu and shoots Don Mustache dead and they cut from this to our final clip bravo bravo Tony in fact I want to work for you First, you'll want to go to Brooklyn. I don't think so. Not until I get those bastards that rip up babies. But thanks to you, the bastards were all eliminated. Don Ricuto, he only wanted power. He wanted to knock you off so he could have more. But he failed. So you sent for me. Not on duty. He had to be killed. And you know why? Because you and he, you both cooked up that scheme to rip up babies. Fill them with heroin. A sooner or later, he was going to go to the commission. Am I correct, Uncle Shemi? Quite right, Tony Agnati. But I don't think you'll have an opportunity to spread the story. I've already decided you'll vanish completely. I never liked witnesses. Adio, Tony and Yanti. You know, you're really a selfish son of a bitch. All you think about is your own interest. But Mama knows everything about everybody. And you're going to disappear, not me. That's been decided by the powers, by the men who count. And now... I have the power. Do you remember many years ago in Pietra, a man caught you sleeping with his woman in bed and you killed him? That woman, she was my mother. Remember Kashimi? That record my mother played? Pichotti! Pichotti! Okay, so during this, we see that the flashbacks that Tony was having is based on what the old man at the end, which is in fact Don Hosimi, which is the guy who brought Tony in at the beginning and then took off. So he's trying to use Tony to cover up the fact that he was involved with stuffing heroin into kids, which is a pretty ingenious fucking plan. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to that. Of course. You've changed my opinion throughout this whole entire show. I love- I just watched a lady get forcibly fucked inside of a goddamn pig carcass. So Nothing makes sense anymore. Stuffing heroin into kids seems not all that bad now, huh? <laughs> No, not anymore. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Let's grab some cats now. Okay, now that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it turns out that Don Cassimi was actually in charge of this plan or was actually part of the plan and that he also is the one who killed Tony's mother and so Tony has been biding his time with the right authority to be able to kill this man because he's pretty far up and now he has it. So, the whole entire grudge thing that he had was just being able to leverage this so that the families would apparently weed out the heroin smugglers. That was initially his job, but he knew Kusimi was in on it and that the higher-ups were going to hire him to kill him as well. And he basically played everybody against everybody, including the main guy, making him think that he was safe. And all of this because somebody was hiding drugs inside of some dead kids. That entire tune that Tony's been whistling is apparently this music that his mother played, I guess, while she was servicing men or having sex over and over again or something along those lines. Yeah. Why Tony knows about all of this is probably what's making him the Charles Manson that he is. 
is. Exactly. But he's also offended by the idea that they're ripping up kids to put drugs in them. <laughs> Which, what, what does that say about you? <laughs> yeah. If he gets hurt about that, but he's willing to do all this other stuff, that really makes me evil, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the film ends with a line, the eyes that cause weeping will weep someday themselves. And roll credits. Okay, now we already kind of hinted at it, and we already kind of talked about it, but I think the whole backstory with his mom, the flashback stuff that they put in there, it feels like they just inserted it. Yeah, they wanted to give him a reason. Which they, I don't think they needed to be there at all. No, he could have just been going for power, but I think in the end, they tried to make him a quote-unquote good guy. Oh, he totally is not that. No, he's not. I'm you saying... Should, with the- you should have no sympathy for anybody in this except for Paolo and Camila. Yeah. Those two, the little Romeo and Juliet romance. And the kid with the, the messed up leg. Zeno? Yeah. yeah. I guess you could kind of feel sorry for him. I mean, he's got a messed up leg. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Be nice to him. The real victims here are the Italian people and how they're portrayed in this film. Yeah. But I'm just saying, of course, he's not a good guy, but it feels like they force it in there to try to make him the More quote sympathetic. unquote, yeah, good yeah. guy. Because they, maybe they watched the first, like, maybe that guy done making this thing, watched the first cut and went, holy shit, our main character's a fucking monster. <laughs> he hate fucked a woman shoving her face into a pig carcass. And then beat her almost to death. Yeah. I don't think they had a problem with that because the misogyny in this film is pretty heavy and thick. Oof, it's bad. Yeah, but it's not any worse than some other 70s movies that no, I've seen. I mean, the 70s were a very, you know, fucked up time. time. Yeah. It must have been a really Fuck nice time the, to be a man It's the patriarchy, man. It's the patriarchy. It must have been great to be a man in the oh 70s. Oh my God, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, in the 70s, being a white male, a white straight male, your life was pretty well set. <laughs> yeah. You know, even today, being a straight white male, your life, you know, is pretty all right. Yeah, it's time's up now though good but fucking time i'm just saying okay i actually really enjoyed the movie yeah it's it wasn't rough. half bad it's rough it's fucking violent as shit. It least holds your interest. The print is really good. I I was I stayed entertained for the most part. The only time that I noticed that I was you know watching a movie and was kind of bored by it, even while taking the notes, was during that foot chase at the end. And that's just because it feels like it puts a law on the action where he should have jumped off the building and they should have just grabbed him what, right away. What really helped was the version of the film we watched. Yeah, I um, I don't want to keep harping on this, you, but that you, code red Blu-ray is amazing. If you watched maybe a lesser version, I can see maybe I don't know being you can take something away from it. Well, this but. is also an uncut version because there are versions that were released in America that in the English language dub a lot of shit was cut out. Oh, okay. Um, this is a more complete version where you can at least see everything that happened oh, okay. and know what's going on. Although the English language dub still has some story stuff missing. But overall, the film's kind of frustrating and it has a lot of loose ends that are really hard to meet even when you know what's going on. Yeah. But still, it's quite enjoyable. I, th- I, I didn't mind it at all. If you, thought- if you like rough cinema, though, you've yeah, got to be into the mood for that. And you know what, though? Just to kind of give everyone a little sign. I thought I was really gearing up for something way rougher than what I got. So I really was preparing myself as someone who's never heard of this movie. But apparently a lot of people had, but I'd never heard of this movie before. Oh, yeah. I was gearing up for some really like hardcore, really bad shit. Well, I you told hear, you it was a nasty Italian yeah, crime film. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and uh, and then it, it, so what I got, it, don't get me wrong, still rough, not nearly as bad as what I built up in my own mind. You've seen House on the Edge of the Park. It doesn't get much nastier. Yeah. Exactly. That. I'm like That's a really nasty movie. Yeah. That more than any of the other movies that we covered on the worst weekend of my life is the one where you were the most offended that I watched that at twelve years old. Yes. <laughs> Motherfuck. That was a Some, fucked up movie. Sometimes you still think about that and get angry at me. Yes. I do. <laughs> 
you fucking asshole. You know what? That came out on Blu-ray. Maybe we can cover that again. I'm gonna cover that again on Blu-ray. Clear. Oh, oh yeah. A oh. perfect pristine print. I'll drink while I do it though. Fuck no, you. you won't. Yeah, I will. No, you will I'll not. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Who runs Barter Town? You. Well, yeah, that's fine. You can't control me when I'm in the bunker, what I'm watching, how I watch it. But if I find out about it, I can also make it to where you're not on the show anymore too. Well, that's mean. I know. That's what's so great about being a prick. <laughs> you have anything else you want to say about the movie before we move on? No, I thought it was really good though. I it's, like that. I like the action. I agree with you. Uh, I kind of agree with almost everything you're just pretty much saying here, which is what you like to hear. That's your fetish. Um, I um, agree with everything you just said. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> I love it when you agree it's with like me. Fucking full mass now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that table's really lifted here. <laughs> yeah, I love the action parts, and I thought it had just enough like hardcore violence to you know, with like the head getting chopped off, going into the bucket, and fucking that table saw fucking Dean. That was really good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, it was a good flick. It was a good flick. And the sexualized violence doesn't last long enough to really completely yeah, destroy a, the film for you. No, it's just enough to prove that Tony's a bad fucking person. It just goes enough to prove to you there's maybe three good people in this whole entire movie, and none of them really live. And none of them, yeah, none of them have any good times. It, Camille and Zeno are alive, but what life do they have left? Oh, they have five million lira. Yeah, Paulo had the five million euro, and he's dead. Oh yeah, no, no, that's right, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. So no, they don't have much left. Sorry. No. Yeah. No. And I'm pretty sure that Camila's just going to abandon Zeno, and he's going to end up a. Although fucking we can't hobo. feel bad for the mafia bosses because I mean, to get to be a mafia boss, you have to do some pretty horrific shit. No, there's no good people there's in this no. except for those three. Yeah. And even then, you're kind of like, well, they were kind of complicit in what their family was doing. Yeah. So you know what? Fuck everyone in this movie. Nuke it. Let's get done. Yeah. Let's just nuke it from you know orbit. Yeah. All right, we're going to play another promo here for another show that likes to cover these offbeat Italian cinema. We'll have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will do the Styop News. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show... Uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard or Jeffrey or Simon. That's right. We have four people and we always talk at once except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow.
You know, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, man. Andrew WK is a shitload of fucking fun to listen to. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and the song fits. You better get ready to die. You better get ready to kill. Exactly. But you know what you better get ready to do, man? What's that? Give me some PSYOP news. It's another Kurt's choice. Ooh, Kurt's choice. Yes. You can either do uh-huh. camels disqualified from Saudi beauty contest over Botox. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. Or mom shopping for poop deodorizer left her baby in the car but took meth with her. Why do I have to choose? I want them both. <laughs> All right. We'll do them both. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Yes, it is. All right. We'll start with the second one first from the state. Mom shopping for poop deodorizer left her baby in the car, but took her meth with her. All right, I'm going to give you three guesses as to which state this is in. You're only going to need one. Florida. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Hooray, penis Alabama. (laughs) A Florida mother's trip to Publix for spray to cover the smell of poop ended in a trip to jail on child endangerment and drug charges. I think that's going in the spank bank. (laughs) (laughs) Bureau Beaches Sarah Wilmoth, 30, posted $6,500 bond two days after her January 13th arrest in a parking lot of the Vero Beach Publix. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Okay, but Indi- <laughs> what, what, do you, what, what have you heard? You and our main character from the movie tonight both like the same kind of gal, I guess. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Uh, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, but Indian River Sheriff's Office deputies wouldn't have been there had an alert couple not noticed the baby boy in Wilmoth's 2001 Chevrolet Blazer. This is like traces of death fucked a porno. According to Will Moss' arrest report, the couple noticed the baby alone in his car seat when they parked next to the SUV that afternoon. They noticed the baby again when they returned 45 minutes later, still alone in his car seat. How long does it take to get poop spray? Basically a cock meat sandwich. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like she took her meth, went to the store, left her kid in there, and then they 45 minutes. Yeah, to get poop spray. And the thing's not running, right? There's no AC or anything no, like that. No, we are in January, but you should, probably shouldn't also leave an infant child in a car alone, even in perfect weather. Yeah, they're going to be all right. <laughs> and if they die, you can just stuff them with drugs. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> after 45 minutes, the infant was now uh, crying hysterically. A couple called the sheriff's office, whose deputies called EMS while breaking into the car to get the baby boy. EMS I'm so ma- scared, and the only cure for it is semen. Gotcha. EMS <laughs> Medically cleared the child while license plate search turned up Wilmoth's name. Public's management paged Wilmoth to the customer service counter for the deputies who arrest her for leaving a child unattended in a vehicle for more than 15 minutes. Hey, bro, I can't get it up. Upon seeing EMS <laughs> tending to her son, the report says Wilmoth screamed, Oh my God, that's my son, and explained, My cousin was in the car with my baby, and I don't know where he ran off to and why he would leave my son alone. Take five foreskins and call me in the morning. Well, that I don't know if that's going to help the baby. Well, um, tears are good lube. Well, okay. Uh, the report says Wilmoth quickly changed her story and said she left the infant in the car because he was sleeping. Being under arrest, Wilmoth has searched, and that turned up a small, clear plastic baggie containing a clear, rocky substance and a crack pipe with residual material within. Wilmoth admitted that it was methamphetamine laced with cocaine. Please this say. is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> 
Uh, more thorough search of Wilma found in her bra facial cream, clear nail polish, opie pinking of you pink nail polish. Covered in cum blood. And oh, that's pretty. Yeah. 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 And poo-pourri before you go spray. I volunteer for the Marilyn Monroe dress. A sort of Chanel number five for waste disposal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? That is, in fact, what my desktop is. Police are then adding shoplifting and meth possession to challenge agent charges. Afraid of vaginas with the police? Yes. Afraid of vaginas? I mean, probably. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty tragic tale of a mom who clearly doesn't like the smell of her own poo. No. And loves her meth. Yeah, <laughs> really loves her meth. But doesn't really care much about her baby. All right. That's next. why That's why you don't do meth, kids, because then you leave your baby in a locked car. To get poo away spray. <laughs> but you take your meth. Yeah. All right. So now, another, the, next story, the next story, camels disqualified from Saudi beauty contest over Botox. It's going to cost you some serious cock. Probably. A dozen beasts have been thrown out because their handlers use Botox to make them more handsome. And we're back to dicks. The camels are actually in a beauty contest? Uh, I guess. They were paraded down a dusty racetrack as judges rated the size of their lips. Where is this? Is this Breitbart news that you're reading this off of? Uh, No, no, it's uh, Arian uh, Arabian (laughs) Business.com. ArianBusiness.com? Now I know why you're reading that. The Nazis are pretty good people. (laughs) That's why you're reading it? Arabian. ArabianBusiness.com. Take five foreskins and call me in the morning. The uh, crowds of men watched for the bleachers hooted when the beast representing their own tribe lopped down the track. This doesn't st- no, this does not sound like a real fucking story. <laughs> it's real, dude. This sounds like racist horse shit that <laughs> right? somebody put out there. That's a I fake- am reading this off a website, man. I'm not, I didn't make this up. Yeah, but the website sounds like a fake site. <laughs> ArabianNews.com? Come on, man. Hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll do some look at here, but and I sort of got- sex news. <laughs> I mean, this is... This horse sex is a thing. (laughs) I guess the camel sex is a thing, too. It's a breed show. This is real. I'm sorry. This is real. I'm looking at everything I've just done. This is real. It's a thing. Jesus Christ, man. I don't want it to be. I know. Thank you, though, David. Thank you. Thank you, David. All right. Can I get back to this news story, please? I'm taking another dick. Is that your news story? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. It's micropenis time with humongous balls. Do you want to hear this or not? I thought you were ready to read it. All right. Here we go. America is a bunch of cunts. That's in there? No. Well, I mean, probably. Yeah, fair enough. Should be in every news story. Anyway, a dozen beasts have been disqualified from the year's Saudi camel beauty contest because their handlers use Botox to make them more handsome. The camel explained- you have any Botox? I got Botox in my scrotum. You do? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Takes out all the wrinkles. And we're back to dicks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the camel explained the chief judge of the show- Fauzawan Al Mahdi is a symbol of Saudi Arabia. I think that's going in the spank bank. <laughs> we used to preserve it out of necessity. Now we preserve it as a pastime. It's Sunday's my birthday and I don't want to go to a mental hospital. Much is changing in Saudi Arabia. The country is getting its first movie theaters. Soon women will be permitted to drive. And the authorities eventually hope to diversify the economy away from the oil that has been its lifeblood for decades. And isn't Saudi Arabia the country that gave that one robotic life form its first uh, its citizenship, to, that it's like a sentient being or something like that? God, I can't remember. I think it was one of the Middle Eastern countries. I think it might have been Saudi Arabia. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're trying to take this progressive stance with their camel beauty well, contest no, and... 
But as they seek to transform the conservative kingdom, the Saudi authorities are trying to smooth the path for reform by emphasizing traditional aspects of their culture. And for uh, the, I don't even know how the fucking pronounce that word. Nothing is more essential than the camel used for centuries for food, transport, uh, and as a war machine and a companion. It always comes back to dick. Holy cow. Jesus. Uh, So the authorities have ramped up uh, the country's annual month-long camel festival, which was relocated last year from the remote desert to the outskirts of the capital. On a rocky desert plateau, the government has erected a paramount venue to host the headline events, races, and show competitions with combined purses of 213 million riots which equals $57 million. Circle jerk. I would be given a camel Botox for that too. I know, $57 million. Where would you put Botox for that? I got Botox in my scrotum. <laughs> I do that for free. <laughs> 57 would just, million would just be a bonus. 57 million is just, you know, icing on the cake. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I Actually, this article is like... Who in the fuck took my paper clips? Like, I, I stole my goddamn paper clips. I just don't, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just like fucking flabbergasted that this is really a thing. It's a thing. I know, Dave. Thank you. The pavilion features an auction where top camels can fetch millions, millions of riles. I think that's how you say their uh, currency uh, name. Okay, I, I get it, but it's like uh, such a culture I mean, shock to me. Like, yeah, it feels like this but is we like we do a, this with like dog shows. I know, and like other prize animals. Like, I get that, but like, doesn't this feel to you like this should be something that would be like something that somebody would write to make I, fun I of the country? I get what you mean, but camels are bigger over there. It's like they probably uh, yeah, it's it, apparently. I, I bet there are two thing. Saudi Arabia guys who like found out like we have like cow competitions, like who's the best cow? And they're like, that sounds really racist for people in Nebraska. I mean, I highly doubt that's real. It sounds like us doing a racist thing about <laughs> Nebraska. Or or like a Wisconsin thing where somebody's doing like a butter sculpture. Yeah, like exactly or the like Minnesota the, the Minnesota thing where they do actual ice sculptures yeah. during the winter. They're like, Oh yeah, because it's cold. Way to be racist news article. Yeah, yeah they're way to be xenophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess it's just a culture shock thing, but yeah. like you can see why I'm so resistant to this. Like I just No, I listen. <laughs> when I was reading the story, I didn't think you'd go for this one. Uh, <laughs> That's why I wanted both. Yeah, I know. I read it, I'm like, because the more I read it, I'm like, this is really this seems bad, but I look through all of it. It's real. It's real. It's a real thing. And people it's like are, a sprinkler going But then off. you can see why they add Botox because fifty seven million dollars is at stake on some of these things. I would fucking Botox a fucking camel for that much money. Right? <laughs> You'd be kicked out because they're on the lookout for that shit. I do a lot of other things to a camel for a lot less money. <laughs> we know. Mm-hmm. You want to do a little ass play? For the right kind of money, sure. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I'm going to pull the chain on this because this, this is going into areas that I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable about. And I just watched a movie where a woman was literally hate fucked into a pig carcass. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like we're crossing some lines here. And I, I don't know where the line is anymore because we did talk about a woman getting hate fucked in a pig carcass. There's there's the line right there. It says good taste and we're clearly on the other side of it. <laughs> well, I think we obliterated that shit with like a fucking Death Star like fucking laser blast. That or they just had a Bukaki mouth party. One of the two. One of the two. Alright, we're going to take one last break. We're going to play a promo for another podcast that has covered not only Cry of a Prostitute, but a lot of other lowbrow cinema just like this and they pride themselves on it. And we're going to have a little bit of music and we will close out this fucking show. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a weekly podcast that discusses grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike. It's a quick. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. 
Mark, if you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out of the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcasts via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. I'm worn out. I've, I've had enough. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I am spent. I'm tired of this shit. Much like Henry Silva after he brutalizes a woman into a pig carcass. You, you need some refreshment? Yes. <laughs> I need a break. You need a Gatorade. I need a breather. Yeah. Let, let's do something a little more fun next week. Okay. Less, a little less dark. All right. Yeah. 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 I'm we'll, for it. We'll pull something out of the stack. That'll you want, work want me to do that right now? Uh, no, we're good. We're, we're good. good. We'll, we'll figure we'll it wait out later. Yeah, I want to do the show housekeeping and just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> For it. Yeah. All right, folks. Seconded. If they're going to still have us after what we just went through with this episode, we are still proud members of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We have a Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where all sorts of crazy and wonderful things are being posted. It's almost like we can summon Darren from the Psycho Semantic Podcast to just make stuff for us. Yeah, pretty much. We asked for ghost roaches and he did it. Yeah. He made it happen. He made that happen. Yeah. Two different attempts. You know, we, we got Steve from the UK who's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Stuff. And even our boy Chris from uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, I think it is. Does that sound right? Yes, Waukesha. Yeah, I know he's from Wisconsin. But yeah. Our boy Chris is doing some stuff there. Did you see the Hagar the Hair horrible thing you did? I'm not going to see that yet. You need to get on the group and check uh, that out. That's pretty fucking awesome. He basically put your face over top of a Hagar the Horrible cartoon to uh, make fun of me and my flu. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty fucking funny. But anyway, you're going to catch all of that great stuff in our Facebook group. That's Cinema Psyops. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Court Psyops. You can find Matt on Facebook. He's Matt Psyop. If you found the plank that says brutal you found the man who's saving you from having to look at his face which looks like a very disheveled Lon Chaney Jr. with blonde hair yeah. <laughs> and now about a three day growth of a beard yeah it, it suits you the more of your face you cover the better I thought so <laughs> me too that's why I grew my beard out <laughs> you can email feedback to Matt is it weird my wife asked me to grow this no not at all okay you can email feedback to Matt and tell him to grow the beard even more and save the world psyopmatt at gmail.com you can email feedback to court cinemaziopscourt at gmail.com Com. Let him know to get off Matt's case. It's not his fault he's ugly. It's just bad genetics. Oh, god damn. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop and Matt is at psyop Matt. Send us photos of your favorite shots of Henry Silva's face. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe some planets around it. And also, if you can make Henry Silva look like a bobblehead, we want to see that as well, folks. Put yes, that in the group. Something. Tweet that at us. That would be fucking amazing. But whatever you're doing out there while you're making your prostitutes cry, oh, god. kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. It's all right.
walked ever why would i be the walking know, dude right? yeah yeah and you're not wearing a jean jacket anymore i mean that's just not stylish at all no i have a jean vest with patches sewn on it because you know that's how i roll yeah i got a battle vest because i'm a loser a <laughs> that's what they call them when you sew patches to a it's yeah. battle vest it's yeah. it's a metalhead you know crust it's punk thing nice yeah yeah and, but it makes you a loser no i'm just a loser because i made one oh in my late 30s <laughs> Like, this is something usually you do it as a team. Uh, Even that's, like, what, maybe at, what, a middle schooler? What no, are you doing? Well, you know, 20-year-old metal hedger, oh. you know, up to about what? that age. Not something that a guy that's in his 30s should be doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? No, 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 30s. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still not quite getting 30. That. What? <laughs> I'm old. Fuck off. All right. I'm much too old to be making a battle vest. I gotcha. And I might just be too old for Cry of a Prostitute, too. Really? Yeah, maybe. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just old enough. We'll have to see yeah. when we get to the review. You're just old enough to hear the cry of a prostitute? Oh, no. I was hearing that at like 12 and oh. 13. Oh, God. And oh. I was causing that at like 11 and 10. <laughs> well. I was I was deaf, you, apparently, for a whole year or two. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. The flu has fucked never, my brain. So they've never been with the screamers, what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> I was with mute prostitutes for the first two years that I was trying to make them scream. God, there's so many jokes in there I'm not going to do because that's offensive as shit. What, that they'll never hear you coming? No, well, that one and also the noises they may make. Oh, yes. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Bad no, territory. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're already, yeah. We're already yeah, borderline we're, misogyny. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean... I have everything that Herschel Garden Lewis has ever done. I bought that box. It's called set. Blood Fleet Feast. Yeah, there's three thousand. There's limited to three thousand in America. I think not even maybe even less. Is that bad? That box. I mean, set, I mean I like, you know, like what other people like me like like proper people consider bad. I don't know what other people would consider, but yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> people will talk shit about Herschel Garden Lewis, and but not like bad as in oh my god, this is a bad movie. But bad as in like oh my god, this is fucked up. It inspired the Misfits to write a song about it. I don't know if that probably helps. fucked up. <laughs> it made people vomit when it was released to drive-ins in the 60s. Really? Yeah. Can nice. you tell how much I want to talk about Cry of a Prostitute? Yeah, I can. Really? <laughs> can you tell how much I want to talk about City of a Prostitute? A lot. You but now we're stuck with Cry of a Prostitute. So anyway, here we go. He's like the human bobblehead, Mr. Silva. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> What? I mean, buddy, why are you covered in blood? Well, Silva just... Silva just does Silva, and <laughs> next thing I know, I'm in a pig carcass. <laughs> Why'd you say no? It's the head. <laughs> you just don't say no to Silva. Like a human bobblehead, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> He's nodding, I'm nodding. <laughs> next thing I know, I'm complicit to being raped, being shoved into a pig carcass. <laughs> sure happens, everybody. Man, if I had a nickel... You're going to get raped in the pig carcass. But you don't want it. Much like the person getting raped in the pig carcass, you don't want it, they don't want it. But does she? That's the thing I don't want to... But then it's not rape. I don't... Uh, but it's... It kind of is, but it isn't. <laughs> 
I don't know anymore. How about this? You don't want to watch fucking in a pig carcass, all right? You don't want to watch forceful fucking hate fucking. It's hate fucking. Hate fucking. At the you very least, this fu- is hate fucking in a pig at carcass. At the very least, you don't want to see hate fucking in a pig carcass. You want to see nice sweet love in a pig carcass. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's how I prefer my pig carcass love fucking. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I want loving. Yes. Fucking in a pig carcass. Exactly. <laughs> clips. Yep. Lots of clips. All over the place. I mean, we're not savages. Oh, no, I'm just even fucking less caring about life because you mean Star Wars reference, so let's just Woo-hoo! fucking quit. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's die-up. Taking court die-ups will to live away one show at a time. And all of this because somebody was hiding drugs inside of some dead kids. Everybody's offended by that. Yeah, a lot of people are. You see how you felt when I said about the cats and the dogs? Well, yeah, if they did the that. The puppies that was, and the kittens? That would be wrong. Okay, now think like that uh-huh. for the kids. But the puppies and the cats are no, wrong. No, 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 no. Just think like that for the kids. Right, but the puppies Just and the cats pretend. are wrong. Just pretend. Oh. People are going to come to your house with pitchforks and, pitch, pitchfork and fucking torches because you're fucking Frankenstein's monster. Bonus points to you for getting that right. You actually got the name right. There we go. Nuke Italy. We're done. See ya. (laughs) No, they make a lot of other stuff I love. Oh, okay. This particular part of Italy will nuke. No, we just nuke the people in the movie. Listen, the people have to be someplace to nuke them. (laughs) I don't know how that logic works. Well, okay. You can't just put the people in a private bubble and then nuke it. We're doing it theoretically. Oh, oh, well then, yeah, nuke the people. Yeah. But we'll fly them to the moon and we'll nuke the moon. (laughs) Back to the moon to attack it. Yeah, that's right. Now you sound like President Trump. We're going to give that moon some freedom you're alone you'll call for me but i'm gonna tell you bye 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 when i turn around and walk away you'll cry 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 you're gonna cry 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 and you cry alone when everyone's forgotten and you're left on your own you're gonna cry 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 Listen to being raped, being shoved into a pig carcass. You want to see nice sweet love in the pig carcass.